You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 106. We'll be discussing Solo and Infinity War trailers. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. Gentlemen, we went from an absolute snail's pace of news, with the exception of maybe the Ant-Man and Wasp trailer, to this week, where we're getting an Infinity War trailer, a Solo trailer finally, some marketing material and posters... And then we also get the announcement just a few hours ago that we're getting a brand new film series from Lucasfilm in the Star Wars universe. So we're here to discuss all of that. (laughs) What a week it's been, eh? Huge, huge. What a big surprise. Like you mentioned, we're coming off a huge, you know, dry spell going on. And now we've just been hit with so much information. So many trailers from the Super Bowl and everything like that. And we've got some cool posters from the Solo movie finally. So, man, this has been a good week so far. I guess you could say it's been a super week. (laughs) Keep going with your pun. (laughs) Yeah, it has been an absolute fantastic week in Nerd. I cannot believe the amount of information that we got over the last couple of days. It seems that Infinity War is really ramping up. Solo is finally starting to hit us. We're going to get toys in a couple weeks, likely. I've seen some leaked photos from them. We're getting leaked photos from the Infinity War Legends, Pop Vinyls. Everything seems to be dropping all around the same time in anticipation for New York Toy Fair. So we're going to see a ton of stuff from collecting. Like we said, we're going to review both of these trailers. The Infinity War was about 30 seconds. Solo was about a minute and a half. So they're still both classified as teaser trailers. But there's a ton of content in that Solo trailer. And I can't wait to discuss how good Donald Glover is going to be as Lando Calrissian. <laughs> going to kill it. He looks awesome. Oh, looks, he looks incredible. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. I saw a side-by-side of Billy Dee Williams, you know, giving you that smile from uh, Empire. Yeah. And then from this trailer here, and it's just, they look so similar. They just have that, that swagger. It's present. Yeah. And well, we'll get into this a little bit, but do you find there's been little to no criticism of the look of Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian compared to how accurate Aldrich Einreich had to be as Harrison Ford, the lookalike, right? Like, no one's saying anything about Glover. Everyone's just like, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Where this guy's taking all the flack for his hair, for everything, right? For not sounding the same. So it's really interesting, the comparison that you're getting. But we'll, we'll, we'll save that. We'll put a pin in that. We'll get to it for sure. Because let's get into a little bit of comics and collecting. How has your guys' week been in nerd, in comics, in collecting? Um, yeah, I'll start. Uh, picked up some comics as I always do every week. A um, <laughs> little bit slow on that end. Uh, Movie-wise, I picked up a couple movies. Uh, I was able to pick up actually a steelbook just today at Best Buy. Uh, Dazed and Confused, what a great movie. Good Love stuff. that movie. You know what the best part of that movie is? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's from Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but comics, um, slowly getting in, I read uh, Doomsday Clock. I know me and Troy were talking about that before this, uh, we aired. Man, what a great series that is. I mean, they tried their Before Watchmen series, and it was okay. Like, some stuff was better than others. But this Doomsday Clock, I'm really digging, like, what they're doing. And they need to do an animated feature or something of this once it's done. Because Jeff Johns is a terrific writer. It's not quite 
as good as Watchmen, but nothing is in my opinion. So this is like a pretty good uh, sequel. It's a worthy sequel in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm one issue behind you. I'm done issue one and two for Doomsday Clock. And uh, I'm loving it so far. The art's not too bad. I like how it's bridging the gap from, you know, um, the original Watchmen, but we're also getting some answers now coming off of Rebirth. Of right. How it connects to with Batman and whatnot. So that's really cool. And um, I'm pretty much all cut up now with Old Man Logan. We're in this run called uh, the, Scarlet, the Scarlet Samurai, I believe, which is pretty cool. It was basically taking over the uh, Red or the Silver Samurai, which everyone's kind of familiar with from yeah. the, the Logan movie there, right? Or not Logan, but I guess the Wolverine. So uh, I'm almost there um, with my full comic runs. I'm going to go probably next wednesday to pick up because i don't think this wednesday is pretty dry actually um so. yeah there's some bat like batman batman sometimes sells out for some reason like every once in a while it'll sell out i got that subscription though you know? oh so okay good. you got no, it good you yeah. got it good. comics <laughs> <laughs> shout out <laughs> yeah it's, it's been a great week for all of us it seems in yeah. comics because i picked up the guardians of the galaxy the new run starting at number 146 well new in air quotes they kind of went back to the renumbering as they built into the 150th issue I was a bit skeptical at first because I kind of jumped off Guardians for a little bit. I didn't like where they're going. wasn't a huge fan of having Agent Venom in there. And the thing was part of it for Kitty a little Pride's bit. Still there? Kitty Pride was part of it. Not anymore. This new run, the only Guardian on top of kind of the normal crew that we're used to from the films and from the previous comic iterations is Ant-Man, Scott Lang. And welcomed edition. Awesome. Cool. But what they're doing in this, which is really great, which hooked me from issue 146, is it feels like the original Guardians run, the Annihilation, Nova, that 2008 run by Abnett Atlantic, it feels like that. They've gone back and the Nova Corps has been reestablished. You get Richard Ryder and that kind of connection to him and Peter Quill. And it just feels like a nice space opera again. Nice. I'm absolutely loving the first two issues that I've read here. I cannot wait to get my hands on the next couple. Because as you build into issue 150, Adam Warlock comes back, which is a huge part of that original run as well. And this builds into Infinity Countdown, which is this next big event that's going to kind of roll alongside of Infinity War within the comic books. So I'm really excited about all this now. I'm super pumped about comics. Like, I can't wait to get to the shop tomorrow and pick up some more of these Guardians run. And as I'm kind of infilling to Dr. Aphra and trying to catch up on all Star Wars stuff, I've re-pulled out the Lando Wave after seeing that trailer. I got to read that again, the five-issue miniseries. And speaking about Lando... On the collecting side of things, I fortunately came across, finally, a black series, Lando Calrissian. <laughs> nice. Are those hard to get? Very hard yeah. to get. Very really? hard to get. That wave was short-shipped. And the nice thing, I got it for 12 bucks. Wow. Toys R Us. Walked in. He was just swinging from the peg. Yanked him off. Also grabbed a DJ. And I was holding them side by side. I got, I got two scoundrels here. Which one do I want? Of course, I went with Lando Calrissian. Of course. And I walk up to the counter or to the checkout, hand it to her. 12 bucks. I said, okay, something's not right here. So I paid, didn't question it. <laughs> and I went around and I grabbed the DJ and I said, if it's 12 bucks, I'm going to buy it. So I went and scanned it 30 bucks. Oh, and so I said, no, no, no. And I went back, okay, this came with a Rogue One set, a Rogue One wave with Rogue One skew. All the Rogue One Jyn Ursos were on for 12 bucks. Uh, so this got caught up in that wave with the skew number. So I benefited from that and got an awesome figure. So Lando has been my theme in Star Wars this week with the comic book run, revisiting it and grabbing the action figure and seeing Donald Glover just look awesome. Yes. Awesome. So it's been a brilliant week. That's good. Do you think we'll see uh, Nova pop up now in the movies maybe now that they're placing him in the Guardians run? I don't know. I think, well, James Gunn, he, he's always said he doesn't want to do Nova. Yeah. Uh, Richard Ryder. So 
that may be something that evolves out of this cosmic universe that they're kind of constructing because mm-hmm. it would be a, a reasonable standalone character to do yeah relatable you can build his own universe you don't need particularly anything from the mcu now with fox too mm-hmm. not so much the mcu but the kind of earthbound mcu characters yeah but now with fox you have everything from the cosmic universe that you can use so you can leverage a lot more different characters and build up another solo franchise that can cross over an avengers-esque event film out in space so you can do a guardians nova team up or something to that effect right so there's a lot of potential there i agree like i think that would be good if james gunn he just doesn't seem to want to do that but that doesn't mean they're not going to do it right exactly yeah he only controls the guardians it seems did you guys see that article that's saying actually comcast may come in and outbid disney i did see that i i didn't read it i just read the uh headline and it would make sense because um warner brothers is trying to get bought by um time war no uh some other big company they're all big companies <laughs> warner brothers is in the middle of a. Uh, because comcast is universal right yeah, yeah i comcast think so universal. yeah you got disney you got fox then you got warner brothers and sony Sony's just hanging on <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now. Um, like Warner Brothers is in the middle of a purchase bid, and there's antitrust laws and it's going to court and stuff, and right. they may not even be able to purchase or go through with that because of like um, anti or anti monopoly laws and stuff like that. So it would make sense that if Comcast were to purchase Fox instead of Disney, because Disney buys Fox, and that's like a huge monopoly in the industry. So I, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. It's a little political, maybe. Who knows? Um, hopefully it goes through because I, I really want to see the Fox characters at the MCU. So that's what I'm basing my decision on. But the thing is, though, by rights, though, Marvel should still end up, Disney should still end up with the Fox rights because if Fox doesn't own yeah. the rights to those characters, it's only like a license, like a lease on these characters. So if Comcast buys them out Universal, then the rights would revert back. I would to think Disney that's how anyways. it works. That would yeah, have to right. be something in their contract where yeah. they would say, otherwise maybe... Universal will be like, okay, well, we'll buy, but we'll add in an extra billion dollars for the X-Men rights. So that would be from Disney. Disney, So my guess is that they have some reversion within the contract that if another company buys it, the Mm -hmm. rights revert back. Just kind of what you're alluding to, Troy. Or a right of first refusal type thing, right? Like they can't give that. They don't have the right to sell that license, I don't think. Only Disney has the right to sell that license. They have the right for the intellectual property. This is all assumption too. Injected yeah, a bit. yeah. <laughs> but that's i'm assuming they wouldn't allow someone else to buy the rights for x-men and any character that they have right yeah. that doesn't make sense that would yeah. be a bad deal that'd be yeah. weird yeah but you know back in that day they're just looking for money they're desperate so, <laughs> oh yeah they yeah. have gotten left out but I, <laughs> i'd really question that if it did get left out but yeah. you're, you're probably right troy but uh, i don't know <laughs> not, i hope we get that uh that whole big mcu oh, really looking forward to it. oh my goodness yes <laughs> and you know speaking about about movies theaters all that I, I had a really weird week in cinema. <laughs> All right, lay it on us, Tim. Well, my wife and I, we, we got a babysitter for Friday night. Was it Friday night or Saturday night? One of the nights. Thursday. Thursday night, yeah. And How do you know that, Troy? Well, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a babysitter, went and had you know a nice dinner and all that, and we decided, okay, we're going to go see an Oscar-nominated film. We're going to get cultured here. Um, we're kind of debating back and forth, the timing and all that, and... So we're looking up, okay, we'll see, you know, Shape Water, or I can't remember, there's another one we're looking to see, The Post. And we're like, okay, we're definitely going to do this. We get scrolling, looking at times, and I'm like, ah, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Jumanji. And I was like, yeah, I could do Jumanji. And she's like, what about Pitch Perfect 3? I'm like, nice. I'm down. <laughs> nice. So, <Sold>. yeah. <laughs> so my wife and I kind of sneak off, don't really, you know, tell anyone that we're going to go see Pitch Perfect 3, because we're supposed to be getting cultured tonight, right? And... Um, <laughs> We get there, 
And I knew Troy and Courtney, his wife, Courtney, were, were going out to see a film as well, an Oscar-nominated film. Yes, sir. And uh, we thought they were going to a different theater. And I walk out after sitting down to go to the washroom, and I run right into Troy and his wife. Nice. <laughs> and So that's kind of funny. And we have this exchange. Oh, what are you guys seeing? You know? And they're like, oh, Shape of Water. And we're like... Pitch Perfect 3. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> so, so how was it? How was it? You know, it was fine. Like, I, I'm a bit of a sucker for those movies sometimes. Yeah. They're kind of the uh, turn your brain off at the door type yeah. of films. You, it's exactly what you expect it to be. Um, it's a lot of fun. I like the characters in it are enduring, I guess. It's the third one, right? Yeah. 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 It's very much so like we've run out of ideas. We don't know what to do, but we can make a few bucks off this film. That's kind of how they approach yeah. it, it seems. There's enough of a draw within the characters and within the story. But they, the one thing they miss out on, they don't bring any of the guys back. Like, some of them are quite good. Right. Um, but the girls are awesome. Like, Anna Kendra is, is great. Yeah. Anna Kendra. And, yeah, the whole crew there. It, it's it's fine. It's fine. It's and, like, and he, she, Seinfeld's in there, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. great. Yeah. From, yeah. Uh, 17. Edge of 17. Edge of 17. That's a great movie, yeah. Super and Bumblebee. Yeah. True yeah. Grit. Yeah, oh, she's, yeah, she's a little girl oh. in True Grit. Yeah. And uh, how is Shape of Water? I really want to see that. Yeah, you know what? My expectations are pretty high. Yeah. It's um it's a good movie. Visually, it's awesome. Uh, Michael Shannon's such a bad, bad man in that film. Um you know what? The third act is kind of weak for me. You can kind of see everything unfolding right in front of yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, I got a little predictable towards the end there. But either either way, I mean I think you gotta go check out this film. It's pretty cool. I hate to say it right now, though, I've seen like, quite a bit of these Oscar films right now, and I'm, I'm feeling a little let down. I feel it's a little bit of a flatter season compared to the last two, three seasons we've had. But uh, there's still a couple more films i got to see, so um, it's not out yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, my kind of cinema-going experience didn't really end there. We yeah. took my daughter to see Sing. Nice. Uh, oh, on nice. Saturday morning. It was 8 bucks for all three of us. Wow. Yeah. It's a kind of a Saturday morning feature thing they do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like they show like old movies. Yeah. Stuff? Older movies. Yeah. yeah. And she loved it. She was up dancing the aisles. It was, nice. it was an awesome experience. It's a great movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it's I've hilarious. It. The animals, right? Yeah. 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 yeah the underground like... singing club. <laughs> exactly. It's awesome. It's kind of like American Idol meets Babe Pig in the City. Yeah. It's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like Madagascar, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. It was a lot of fun to take her. And then Saturday night, I, I kind of had off. My wife was out, and I watched Dead Man Tells No Tale by uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, yeah, I, I was building a Lego. I was building the um, Kylo Tie Striker, and I wanted something that I could have in the background that I hadn't seen that I could kind of look up every once in a while. So it, for that, it was fine. And then I started watching Bright, the Will Smith yes. movie, the Netflix original. And I had to say, I heard it was like the worst movie ever. Really? <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's fine yeah I, I, that's my review for this week it's fine <laughs> no, it's, the only thing i'll say about it, i'm only about halfway through it it kind of dumps you in the middle of this world that they slowly explain it's like orcs and elves and humans but doesn't really establish a timeline so you assume it's like present day and something like i i thought oh they all came out of some weird dimension but it's like two thousand years in the future or something oh or oh, something weird. like that or huh. they kept referring to something two thousand years in the past like that's when the battle happened and all this right um kind of an interesting concept i'm gonna finish it will smith's good in it yeah um i gotta check it out because I'm, I'm a big fan of the writer max landis and he, no. you you remember him from um american alien he did a right. six issue run for superman american alien is a different take a different origin yeah on superman and he also wrote chronicle which is one of my all-time favorites oh, with okay. Michael B. and um yeah so i definitely gotta check out break because i am a big fan of that writer you know who directed it Air. David, David Air. Air. Yeah, yeah, my boy. Yeah, he's a, I did see that, yeah. He's a good director when he uh, goes away from the DC universe. <laughs> is he? I think he's a better music director than he I is. I don't know. If, have you seen Fury? He's a video director. Have you seen Fury? Fury's good. 
Fury's great, yeah. actually. Brad Pitt and uh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, um, he, John Bernthal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, too. yeah. He nails the role. That's right. He's I, a, we were talking about this not too long ago. How he's like in a film. He's always good. Yeah. He yeah. seems to be in these like weird supporting roles. That's he, right. He's always nails it. Yeah. All right. I got. I got to give it back to you then. All and, right. Uh, Dave, he, sorry. Tr- training day. Training day. Wicked. Oh, that's Oscar winning, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. See, that's what I wanted out of a Suicide Squad movie. Right. The hell? Well, <laughs> that's probably what DC originally thought. Too. Well, I think that's what they were gonna have until, as you said, they directed the music video known as Suicide Squad. Yeah, but ho- <laughs> hopefully, number two is a little bit more grounded. Yeah. We'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> now, as we're on kind of this collecting thread a little bit here, we've seen a lot of leaks of toys, and we always get this leading into New York Toy Fair, which is in a couple weeks. And a couple that I want to talk about here. One, the Infinity War figures. Now, we've seen them full sculpts, in package, everything. And I tell you, they look pretty good. This is a line I'll definitely be jumping into. This is one of eight waves they're going to be dropping in 2018. Just for Infinity War? No, no, no. no sorry. Marvel Legends. Marvel Legends. Right. I should oh, clarify that. Oh, yeah. okay. So Black Panther, there's a Spider-Man wave with a lizard build-a-figure. There's an X-Men wave for the first time in a long time. There's wow. an X-Men wave? I didn't yeah, see that with one. an Apocalypse build-a-figure. That's no right. they way. They that at the last yeah. one, right? Because oh. Apocalypse is the build-a-figure. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. How many figures are there? Probably six or seven or eight. Okay. Probably yeah, six. So, Troy, so you buy three. Yeah. yeah. Pop over here to You Hasbro. buy three, I buy three, and you just give me the build figures. <laughs> and you buy that's, a couple too. That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> There's also two Infinity War waves, one which we're going to talk about here in a second, two Deadpool waves, and a Venom wave. Like for the movie? Mm, they've only released two, three figures, yeah. and they all have a comic book. Like. So they may, they've done this in the past where. It may change a little now that, I don't know, that maybe the relationship's a bit better with Sony, yeah. but usually they'll do like a comic-based wave that relates to a film, a Marvel film that isn't under the Disney or under the Marvel Studios banner, just to kind of hit on that. So they're making money off of that film that they put no money into. Yeah. So there's a Venom and a Carnage figure that was released, yeah. I believe. Um, so if it is the movie one, we might see some of the movie figures like like Amazing Spider-Man 2 for instance we got like the Amazing Spider-Man 2 Sony film and then figure and then we got uh, Electro like the Jamie Foxx Electro and then they threw in like Superior Spider-Man from the comics yeah and, like, a couple other comic characters gotcha yeah, yeah. and then that's what we're kind of seeing with this first Marvel Legends wave and Infinity War and we've talked about this before quite a bit in the past about these case packs how they're packing the figures doing three or four comic based figures and three or four movie based figures and they've done the same thing with infinity war which is a big question mark for me because why would they do this when they have like 60 characters in a film but yet they're still putting figures in like songbird taskmaster and king cobra in this wave and this is alongside of iron spider captain america proxima midnight from the film and iron man from the film so we've got four characters there along with the thanos build a figure which looks incredible. It is the full movie sculpt, no armor. He's very purple. He's got the Infinity Gauntlet on, with full full of gems, <laughs> and it looks awesome. So, this has always been the problem with the Legends. Is now I have to buy Taskmaster, Songbird, and King Cobra at twenty four to twenty eight dollars a pop to get the Thanos arm, leg, and whatever. Right? I, I'm not interested in those figures. I just want the MCU figures. Why they didn't do what they had done with Civil War was release an entire Civil yeah. War rave eventually to get the build a figure for ant-man they need to do this for thanos everyone's gonna want this build a figure but it and it's funny because it's not like they have like a million king cobras kicking around like they've made this figure for a reason right 
it's not like they're packing these because they've got extras lying around. It's not like they're just repacking Jyn Ursos. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, I, I mean? I've never understood this, and this is what's kind of leaned me off of the Marvel Legends, is like you have this arsenal of characters and the full licensing, too, for all these characters, and yet you sprinkle in these like C-listers that nobody wants, right? But but it has Thanos' head or Thanos' hand yeah, or right. arms. That, so you have to get these characters. But I'm like, this is the MCU now. Like The MCU, it's huge. You know, you don't have to rely on the comic book material anymore to sell this movie or these figures. So just give us the whole proper, you mentioned, what, 67, 63 different characters yeah. in the MCU Infinity War movie. So just give us six of those figures. Yeah. Has yeah. there even been a Black Widow figure? And yeah. that's, that's what I was mentioning to Tim. Give us the blonde-haired or white-haired Black Widow. Like, yeah. I'd love to get that figure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There has been in the Winter Soldier wave, there was a head swap Black Widow that did Avengers and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, and what's coming out, the new one's coming out now with the bike. That's like yeah. coming out like within the month or so. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, all, yeah, all of these should be hitting shelves very, very yeah. soon. Like We're seeing the Black Panther stuff already lingering. And, you know, we, we've had a bit of issues with Legends here on the podcast for the last yeah. six months or so. I feel like that has percolated, not from us, but just general fandom. Because now more so than ever, we're seeing legends just lining the shelves. Yeah. You can get anyone from that Black Panther wave. You can get anyone from the second wave of Guardians mm-hmm. figures. Whether it's EB Games, Toys R Us, Walmart, they're all lingering on the shelves. They're all yeah. peg warming. And I can't really put my finger on it because that Black Panther wave is good. But even me myself, I said I'm out until yeah. Infinity War. So it tells me that I'm not the only one feeling it the way. You're not the only one feeling that yeah. way. That there seems to be an issue with the legends. Now, whether it's we just want MCU characters or we want particular characters, because this line, even Infinity War, is very reminiscent of previous like Civil War, Avengers Age of Ultron, right. where you have Cap, Spider-Man now in place of like, probably Hulk or something yeah, exactly. like that, and Iron Man. So you're getting your staples, which I'm happy with. But they're still not branching out really beyond things. And some of that maybe we just got a Black Panther wave, so we're not going to repack a Black Panther. We just got yeah. a Thor Ragnarok wave, which is essentially the same figure. Right. So I can repack that. So I can understand that. But there's a ton of characters in here, like even going into the Thanos' Black Order, that we may never have an opportunity to get. This is the time to put them out. Well, let's see. And that's a big thing that's going on too, is I've noticed is um, it's kind of lazy right now what's going on with Hasbro's Marvel Legends series. I mentioned Black Widow's coming out on the motorcycle bike or the motorbike. She has the exact same head sculpt that we just got released of a Mary Jane uh, deluxe figure with Spider-Man. What? If you look at Mary Jane, it's the exact same face except they took off the freckles. So like that's, oh, that's lazy. Man, that's so I know a bad. lot of people in the community of the Marvel Legends stuff is, is pretty frustrated with yeah. stuff like that. Um, and the female characters, there's some lack of articulation. They're not getting like the proper articulation that the males are getting um, in the hips especially. So stuff like that in this day and age isn't really acceptable, I think. Um, right. We should be... At 30 bucks a pop, too. At 30 bucks a pop, right? So I think they need to step their game up a little bit more. So whereas I feel like uh, Hasbro, for the Black Series stuff, though, they keep evolving. They keep giving us more and more for these mm-hmm. figures. We're getting more bang for the buck. Whereas the, the Marvel Legends has kind of been like a letdown with some of these figures. Do you guys remember growing up as kids, like how awesome the figures were for like the Spider-Man animated and the X-Men animated series and the Batman anime series? Oh yeah. Like you remember, and like, remember where you could just go to like any store and they would have them. Like you go to the Bay, you go to Sears, you go to like Walmart, every store had them. Now it's like, it's, it's like different. It's like a different uh, climate. It's just, it's crazy. I I, I had an easy time finding Batman figures, Yeah, but I was, as a kid, I was always going to Phoenix Comics here yeah. to yeah. get, like, my Iron Man with the Iron Man suit in the suitcase from that. Oh, yeah. Or um, the Venom where he squeezes his legs and his arms would move. You oh, know, yeah, I had stuff that Stuff like one. that, Spider-Man. Specialty shop type. Yeah, specialty yeah. shop. Um, Chameleon, he had the head swaps to 
you know, they couldn't switch his whole costume, but yeah. you get the idea that he's a, a chameleon, you know. But yeah. um yeah, things things have changed quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, like I remember like Spider Man and X Men I'd have no problem, but if you go like off those two for Marvel, like Iron Man or Cap, yeah. like it was tough. But was the collecting world the same as it is now? Like did you have like these this, these six inch lines are aimed directly at us. Yes. Right. Like they're not meant for kids. Like you go and the three and three quarter inch stuff, you can find all kinds of it. Yeah. Like you can still find all kinds of DC stuff too. So it's not like there's any lacking in the that scale. That's the scale aimed more at children. The low articulation, lower price point, seven to nine dollars. There's lots of those on the shelf. So it's yeah. even kind of if you go into superstore actually, there's a value line of six inch figures. Wow. That are just Star Wars, that are just, you know, five POA six Generic, inch figures. Like, like there's nothing big about them. But it, it's funny because I, I wonder if it's the same. It's just our perception of things are different because they now have collector focus lines and maybe collecting just wasn't the way, like a lot of people went to cards and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. I, I don't know if it's, and all that stuff. I don't know, yeah. like Star Wars collecting has always been big, right? Yeah. The, in the action figures, but Power of the Force was everywhere, like yeah. stacked deep, right? Even into episode one, and you've seen a lot of that pulled back more recently in place of the six inch. Yeah. So I don't know if it's, if it's just evolved a bit or if our perception as a child that, you know, we weren't going to the stores once twice a week to look for action figures right <laughs> speak you know, for yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah. we would be lucky or i would be lucky to get there once every couple months yeah you yeah. know as a kid and so maybe it's some of that i don't know maybe we're always going around film releases it's kind of hard to say i don't know if it's really any different it's probably better because you now have online too yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's true, true. <laughs> I, I guess i was just basically drawn more towards like the movies like the um the batman movies you know oh the they Tim had Burton's so many good figures comes out, you get the you get the car yeah the batman, yeah you know you get Definitely. all that kind of stuff but i wasn't chasing necessarily the batman animated series toys all the time oh, okay I, I know i guess this is different for everybody but then yeah. i was chasing the toy biz spider-man stuff right so, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah now just quickly heading back on these legends the cap figure you know we we've gonna criticize a bit about how they've been packed but yeah. overall the figures look great that's the best one in my yeah, opinion but the, the cap. cap it looks awesome the yeah. head sculpt's brand new got this rugged looking yeah, cap the sleeves are rolled up yeah much yeah. darker suit different buck but the big thing that people were freaking out about over the weekend was the shield that was in or packed in there with the figure with the legends well, figure. why are they freaking out because it's not his shield ah. we know from civil war that he wasn't going to have that shield You've a lot of us trailers already. yeah <laughs> and a lot of us were expecting or at least i was partially him getting even maybe the laser shield or something like that right yeah but it looks like he's got a wakandan shield which yeah. fits with the story and it's funny because this drops and not a day or two later you get this infinity war trailer which explains most of it right it's a wakandan shield yeah he's gonna get back the round shield. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Gonna, like Tony's going to give it back to him at some point within sure. the next two films. So don't worry about it. I think it's cool he's going to be using something different. And yeah. then it's on the gauntlets, which it's funny because I don't know if they CG'd that in the trailer. And we'll talk about this when we get to the trailer. But the first trailer, I don't remember them looking as big as it does seem. It looked pretty small. Yeah, they looked a lot smaller. Yeah. But it looks like they've, I don't know if they've done the same way they did with uh, Thor and the eye patch. Yeah, where they photoshopped it out in the trailer yeah. and they just changed it so that reveal wasn't there until they yeah. were ready for it. Yeah. You know what? Um, I don't really like the shield. But it's not because of like, spoilers or anything. Like, oh my god, like there's a new shield. I'm with you though. I wanted like the laser shield. I think that thing's so cool. Uh, I thought mm -hmm. I want that. And Wakanda is so like tech technology te technically advanced. 
So I'd want to see like the laser shield. That is, yeah, I think it makes more sense. When I saw the gauntlets, yeah, I that's why I thought for sure this has something like the technology would be a bit comic book esque, yeah. right? Yeah, but I thought for sure that's what was popping out of those gauntlets. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know what? The shield is kind of reminiscent to your run. Um, you're one of the writers. Uh, of, of <laughs> I the am Secret ghost writer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Secret Empire. You well, know, it, has the, the like the claw kind of spear. Yeah, the point on it, the and point, like yeah. that kind of shot out, and that. But yeah. it's even a very, kind of reminiscent of the original captain america shield exactly. right from 45 and from the first avenger yeah it's got that same shape to it right yeah. so they tried to do something a little different they could have easily made it around vibrant like it literally is around vibrant vibranium shield right yeah. like that's what it's made out of so this is clearly a very similar thing it probably won't fly the same way no <laughs> it no. looks more like it's for maybe actually shielding himself or punching yeah. or for the falcon to like oh that'd be cool <laughs> <laughs> do you think he's gonna go by the name nomad in the film I don't think directly nomad. I think it's going to be heavily implied that he's nomadic. He has no country type thing. Right. Cool. That That's what it's going to be. So it's not going to be like, hey, my new name is nomad. <laughs> like he may say, don't call me Cap. Just call me Steve. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that they'll go down that reference road. Not so much explicitly saying this. You are now called. Yeah. Someone give this man a cape. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've had the pleasure in the past few weeks of getting a couple listener questions, and our dude, Grabs Granite, is back at it again. Now, he sent this in last week, but because Sanjay wasn't here, we decided to shove it to this episode because this is a great question and something I think all three of us should take a punt at here. And if you remember last week, he talked, or two weeks ago, he talked about heroes and what we liked about origin stories. This time he's going to the dark side of things as he refers to it here. We're talking about villains. So I'm going to read his question here. Tim, Troy, and Sanjay. Hello again. Sanjay said, keep the questions coming. So here you go. This time around, I'll jump from the light side to the dark side. I want to know about villains. A relatable bad guy makes the story so much better. I recall watching the opening scene to the X-Men movie. And before my eyes, Magneto became Eric Leshner. Or... Was it the other way around? <laughs> <laughs> he was no longer just a foe to the X-Men, but a well-thought-out individual who had reasons behind his actions besides just being evil. Who are some of your favorite villains? Who are some of the bad guys that have motivation, motivations besides the lust for power or greed? Even more challenging, can you find a trait in some of the big baddies that you admire? Thanks in advance, your friend, in brackets, depending on your mother's name, Grabs. <laughs> Martha. <laughs> Martha is all our mom's name. That's hilarious. That's amazing. Awesome question, Grabs. Appreciate you throwing it back to us. And I'm going to throw this around the table. This is going to be a little bit of a hard one because when we're talking about relating more to traits in a bad guy, that, that's a little that's harder a than the altruistic Captain America. Yeah. But I think one thing here, you hit the nail on the head, Grabs. When you're talking about a villain that has to have motivations that just aren't being evil. And for me, it's always about a villain who thinks that they're right in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That makes a villain really well thought out and developed. And I think the big one, you hit it here, is Magneto. Absolutely. Like, especially from the film universe, this is a character that's been focused on quite heavily in the X-Men universe in recent films. And it's going back to his origins within the holocaust within world war ii like he is angry at humanity for the atrocities that they committed and this is what motivates him to hating humanity like that is a very well-developed character in the films 
And I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. You know, I always go to my boy Thanos, but he is literally evil for the sake of being evil, right? Yeah. He has no real exact motivations. And you look kind of in the films to begin with here, what we've gotten in the MCU. Ultron, again, not really solidly motivated. We talked a couple weeks ago in Iron Man 3 retrospective about... Uh, Mandarin, <laughs> Mandarin. <A or> Mandarin <laughs> <B>. <laughs> ill motivations there so I have to probably go to Loki right. you know, he's probably uh, the most well developed villain in the MCU film universe and the thing I like about Loki yes he does have some mustache twirling qualities about him but at the same time yeah he had, I guess he does have this lust for power too but in his head I think he's doing the right thing at least that's the way it seemed in the first Thor film. And that's why I really like the character from that is that he has this idea in his head that he's been disserviced by his family. Mm -hmm. And it's about taking that rightful place. Overall, I guess it is a lust for power, but just the way he's developed over the subsequent films as being someone that kind of teeters on the edge of being good and bad, not so much an anti-hero, but having at least a fuzzy line between good and evil. You look back at Ragnarok he kind of walks that fine line too. And that's what I really like about that character is yeah. that he has the ability to pull you in and kind of cheer for him for a little bit. And then he does something you're like, okay, he's back to being the villain. And then he walks back over that line. What about Wilson Fisk from the Daredevil universe? Uh, Wilson Fisk is great. Um, he's really good in that world, but I feel like Wilson Fisk in the comics is motivated his motivations are handled better yeah. mm-hmm. than they are in, in the Netflix verse. We could see it more established later on. We only really did get one season of him. But if I'm going MCU, I mean, you, you mentioned Loki, and Loki's obviously the number one. But I got to go back to Homecoming's um, Vol- uh, Vulture. Yeah. I love what Michael Keaton did with that character because he's the everyday man up until the events of, well, just after the events of uh, the attack on New York. You know, and you can kind of back him up with what he's doing. You know, he's... He's, he's making a living game by what he does. And then here you have Iron Man come down who, who causes all this trouble and profits off of it and then takes away from this guy's career. So, yeah. you know, right away I could back this guy up with what he was going through. I just, I, I really like that character a lot. Um, did he do anything for his family? Like, who would really want Spider-Man dating their, their, their daughter? I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, Captain Stacy obviously didn't want Spider-Man dating his daughter, right? right? He so. came back as Ghost Dad in the sequel. <laughs> 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 Don't date my daughter. Okay. Oh, I'm going to go take her out yeah, <laughs> and yeah. kill her. And then they both die. <laughs> yeah. Stacey, both Stacys die, right? So just, just he was awful, Spider-Man. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, for, for the MCU, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, my boy, Vulture. Love what he did. All right. Well, I'm going to go comic book. Actually, I'm going to go animated series. Oh, shoot. My man, the best villain, I think, in Batman's lore, besides the Joker, because it's the Joker, Mr. Freeze. Oh, yes. His motivations, his wife is dying. She has an incurable disease, so he freezes her in order to find a cure for her. I mean, who can't relate to that? I mean, Mr. Freeze, come on. He, everything he does, he's not motivated by greed, by money. He's motivated by the love of his, uh, the love of his life. Who, who, you know, he's trying to find a cure for. So, I mean, Batman and Robin didn't really handle it very well in the film at all. Uh, terrible casting. I think Arnold should have played Bane, but that's a side part. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in the in the animated series, they kind of changed the character and they added that origin, and it was so well done that they said, you know what, that is the origin we're going to give Mister Freeze going forward. So. That's that's what trade that's I admire. From tragic Freeze. hero. Yeah, the yeah. tragic. I mean, and as you said, he the believes he's the hero in his story. I mean, he robs banks to get money in order to pay for the research. So, 
you can't you can't uh, you feel bad for the guy and you can't really like go against him uh, in the movie universe i'm gonna choose a controversial pick uh from one of my favorite movies of all time batman v superman and i'm going with batman batman's the villain i think batman's the villain in that story he's you know he's motivated by fear he's afraid of superman as you said he's this alien that could burn the whole place down if he wanted to and that's why he's seen firsthand the destruction of metropolis you know he saw that his work was destroyed a little girl almost got crushed by a building that he had to save he's seen all the destruction that this alien can do and he doesn't know if he's good or bad and superman is just trying to go out there and save the world but batman's trying to kill him and superman's like dude like just shut up for one second and we got to get this lex guy but batman just won't hear it he's driven by rage and by the end of the film he sees the error of his ways and he repents and he becomes the batman that we all know and love but he's certainly not that in that film he, you know he kills people he's he goes crazy and you know he's not the tactician batman he is kind of like crazy berserker batman in that film well he fits that kind of that role that we're carving out of it having a villain that thinks that what they're doing is right yeah absolutely and that's the only way to develop a villain i think that is believable within a universe mm -hmm. and hmm, i'm trying to think like as far as as other villains within the mcu is my i'm gonna call this one michael b jordan eric oh Kellogg. you see this movie already what? I've yeah not seen movie. <laughs> spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> but i think he is going to be another one of those villains that thinks what he's doing is right. Yeah. And there's a quote from the most recent Black Panther, one of the spots that was at on um, the Super Bowl. And it's it's been kind of part of the whole sequence of of him talking at one point about he wants to burn it all down. Yeah. And then they ask him, What do you want? And he says, I want the throne. Right. I love, love that line, which makes me think that Michael B. Jordan's Eric Killmonger is going to be one of these villains that we're trying to pick out here. Right. Because they are hard to come by in film, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you don't usually have the time to develop a villain on that level. You know, Magneto's been developed over seven films. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Loki's been developed over, what, four or five films now. Yeah. But he hit right off the bat the first film, though. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah. He did. That's yeah. true. But I think Michael B. Jordan, I think yeah. this is going to be another one of those villains that you're going to think, well, I really don't know if he's right or wrong. Right. Like that's what you that's want to be questioning through the yes. whole film. Like, mm -hmm. is he actually right in doing this? Right. This may be one of the first MCU villains outside of maybe the vulture yeah. that you actually feel that way about. So yeah. maybe I'm going to switch mine. I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to film up yet to see. Yeah. Because uh, it's harder in the MCU. And that's one of the, the pitfalls, it seems, within the MCU itself, is that you sometimes, or maybe more commonly than not, have ill-motivated villains yeah. that are just evil for the sake of being evil. Oh, I, I just thought of another one. <clears throat> Enchantress's brother. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> he was motivated. His motivations were well laid out. You know, he had reason <laughs> to shoot stuff out of his hand and keep people hostage. And his sister, his sister was the dancing that was keeping everything going. Oh, so yeah. come get your car wash. <laughs> no, uh, I'll bring it back to a real villain, the best villain of all time. Oh, I, I, I don't know how he didn't even say this. Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth oh, Vader of yeah. all time is the best tragic hero, tragic villain. You know, this kid came up from an upbringing of being a slave to now bringing order into the galaxy, which is what he always always wanted to do, and that's what he 
thought was right. Um, you know, in, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, him and Obi-Wan are um, going at it, obviously at the, the Battle of Mustafar. And Obi-Wan says, you know, you're meant to bring balance to the Force, you know. And Anakin says, from my point of view, the Jedi are bad, you know, at this point. And it's just, this is so interesting because at, up until now, we've always saw the Jedi as good, good, good. But then mm-hmm. there, if you go back and dissect the prequels, you can see the Jedi aren't necessarily bad, but they were doing some things pretty backwards. They're flawed. Right? <laughs> yeah. But that, that comes up in The Last Jedi too, right? Yes. Like yes, the you called of, it all out. Yeah, the hubris of the Jedi. Yeah. And so it's a nice callback actually to Revenge of the Sith and the motivations that drove Anakin to thinking that he was right. Yeah. Some of that was driven by his love and passion for, for Padme. Padme yeah. Sorry. And who had an awesome rap battle <laughs> defending the prequels on SNL this past week. Oh, really? Oh, yeah? yeah, it's hilarious. Really? Check it out. Yeah, go to the okay. SNL website and check it out. Um, it's, it's quite vulgar, but <laughs> just a caution there. But you're right. He, he is truly a tragic hero and a tragic villain. Yes. Uh, that gets redeemed at the end of the story. So he does, in fact, bring Balance to the Force eventually mm-hmm. uh, by killing the Emperor. But I think that I think you're right there. You know, when we're looking at the comic book world, there are a few prime examples. And I'm really racking my brain right now within the comic books itself to find a villain that fits that bill. But I think at the end of the day, it has to be Vader. Like he has yeah. to stand as probably one of the best and most well-developed villains, especially when you're going into the comic book now, the Vader comic book, the new recent run. It's really pushing on that Lords of the Sith. Yes. And then now you're into, you know, the original trilogy and all the material surrounding this character. And even into that original Darth Vader run when he has the battle with Anakin in his yes, head. Yes, in his head. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool stuff. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Great. Yeah, so Fantastic. definitely I think, well, I'm going to agree with Troy that it's it's definitely Vader there. Nice, nice, nice. Um, but there are some good examples. And as far as uh, traits that I admire... Um, it's difficult to to pull that out, but I'd have to say a trait that I admire in maybe a villain is is supporting your cause. Maybe <laughs> it's having the right cause that's yeah. important. Yeah, <laughs> you I know, guess. not so much you know genocide, <laughs> killing little kids, yeah. or anything like that. That a few of these villains that we have mentioned. Um, do walk that very fine. Well, Anakin yeah. walks right through that oh, line. Right through it. Yeah. Right across <laughs> it. And it's a freaking dot by the time he's done with it. But <laughs> I think that's that's probably the only thing you could really pull out as far as an admirable trait is that they're willing to stand for their cause. Now, history has proven that it's isn't necessarily always the right thing. But <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but we've seen it. <laughs> Anyways, Grabs, thank you again for the fantastic question. Yeah. It's great to bat this around the table and it's funny because we try to read this just as it as it happens to try to get just real candid thoughts about these type of things we don't really try to prepare too much for them so like sanjay said last week or a couple weeks ago keep them coming man we love getting these questions yeah thanks so much for sending us questions i really appreciate it and you know uh just send us whatever pops into your head even if it's the most like obscure question anyone out there grabs or anyone else who's listening there send us your questions um we'd love to hear from you guys you know let us know how we're doing let us know like which one you like the best. Uh, the nerd room host is definitely me, and uh, let us know. Um, let us know, and we'll send you a special prize. What is that prize? Okay. I don't know. Don't go promise the stuff. I have to package and send and deliver and pay for it. All. <laughs> well, on that, you can always get us at the nerdroom at gmail.com or you can find us on the contacts page on the nerdroom.net. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again for the questions. Always appreciated absolutely and you this know this is us trying to steer <laughs> <laughs> i always like i always like over promise and under deliver 
you know like i said like oh if star Supposed wars to do the opposite i know i know i, I gotta learn that <laughs> star wars you segued us there brilliantly sanjay <laughs> you know it is a galaxy far far away but it is near and dear to our hearts it is it very much is and it's near well, that and dear actually to... sound pretty good <laughs> <laughs> well it's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts because we're going to get a whole lot of content over the next few years you know we're getting the end to what we're calling the skywalker saga in you know the new sequel trilogy up to episode nine here there's been an announcement that director ryan johnson will be writing and shepherding a new star wars trilogy that doesn't focus in on the skywalker saga within the next couple of years and it was announced just a few hours ago that the creators of game of thrones david benioff and db wise are going to be developing a new film series set within the Star Wars universe. So coming right from the Star Wars website, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss are going from Winterfell to a galaxy far, far away. It was announced today that the creators of the smash hit Emmy award-winning television series Game of Thrones will write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. These new films will be separate from both the episodic Skywalker saga and the recently announced trilogy being developed by Ryan Johnson, writer-director of Star Wars The Last Jedi. A few interesting things coming out of this. Now let's talk about how they phrase it. A new series of Star Wars films. In the next paragraph, they make direct reference to a trilogy written and directed by Ryan Johnson, or at least part of it directed by Ryan Johnson. Now, those are two distinct things. So not calling it a new trilogy. So just a series of films, which could be two, three, four, five, whatever. And then these new creators coming in from Game of Thrones. I'm not really familiar with their body of work. I've watched a few seasons of Game of Thrones, reasonable show. A lot of people seem to like it. What are your guys' thoughts of another set of films being announced? So you could have, at this point, four different series. If they continue <laughs> with the, a Star Wars series standalone films, yeah. along with the saga, along with this Ryan Johnson trilogy, and this new set of films. So you could have four concurrently running different era different age different shepherds <laughs> within this universe all running at the same time yeah i'm gonna sound like a broken record here anytime i hear a new series a new movie i'm thinking old republic give me old republic and i'm, I'm gonna say it again especially if you got game of thrones writers coming on i mean battle of the bastards is some of the best probably one of the best episodes of all time ever aired on tv it's it's, it's incredible like it's unreal what these guys do um, with this, with their show and the scale of everything. So, yeah, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say we're getting an old Republic here. I mean, they said we're getting away from the Skywalker um, trilogy, but I thought we already made that clear that that's done. So, I don't know. Well, Maybe they just mean the episodic, I well, guess. Yeah, they're looking, yeah, the episode film. Yeah, so, episode yeah. one through nine, nine, right? Yeah. And will they continue with those characters? Probably. There may be yeah. a hiatus of five to seven and years or something like that. And then they yeah. bring Ray back and they kind of tell this story or this continued story of Ray and Finn and Poe. Broom boy. Someone yeah. like brings Ray a lightsaber and she just checks it over her shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the internet explodes. <laughs> Again. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm always excited for any kind of news we hear from uh, from Star Wars and crew. So this is crazy. You, you mentioned it, though. It's probably the Disney streaming exclusive original content. Yeah, before we sense. before we started recording here, I chucked an idea on the table that about this being a series that's going to be posted directly to their Netflix-esque streaming service. Yeah. Like, I look at this and the term series of films, I didn't... They don't say coming to the big screen or the silver... You know, anything like that. 
And I'm trying to think about what they could use as a, a platform outside of theaters. Like, yeah. are we going to get to a point where we're getting two films a year in the Stars universe? We're basically getting that now with Solo dropping so yeah. soon to The Last Jedi. Because it comes out in May, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I think May, I Memorial think Day. Solo comes yeah, out in May. I think so. I don't know. Yeah? I, still, do so? still some debate about that. Let's... Uh... <laughs> Let's all pump the brakes a little bit here, okay? Something could still happen. Okay, for those of you not in the know, new to the podcast, we've had an ongoing bet where we discussed <laughs> the release of Solo about six months ago, four months ago, something to that effect. Yeah. And Sanjay made a very bold prediction, which bold. was not out, out of line. I was aligned with it, but I didn't feel the need to make a bet. <laughs> so Sanjay said that the Solo film will definitely be moving from the Memorial Day, May 25th release Business-wise, it makes sense. Come it on. did make sense. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. I've been on that for a year. But he said that if it didn't move, he would wear a full Chewbacca costume to the opening day premiere. And we are very much on pace for him to be dressing like Chewbacca. It's going to be so, a hot Memorial Day. I know. I hope it like snows that day because it's going to be so hot. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, like it's going to be the world's shortest Chewbacca. I'm going to look like a little Ewok running around with it my on. Dog to Dude, so yeah. many Star Wars references from this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so my thought was that if they don't want to saturate the market doing the Marvel-esque two to three films a year because... The universe in, in, in the MCU can, I think, can support that, this continuity of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Being this could be set at different eras, these films don't necessarily link up with each other, telling an overarching larger narrative. Right. It could do with having a different platform to air this on. And what better thing to do than kind of like the Netflix originals and a way to drive people into the Disney streaming service is say, hey, in 2020 or something like that, 2021, there's going to be an original Star Wars film on our streaming service. Like, who wouldn't jump into that, right? Yeah, like, especially when you have these writers from Game of Thrones. Yeah. These guys are known for writing huge, long story arcs mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. across the board on television, not yeah. necessarily movie format. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. That makes a lot of sense. Hey, when you say a series of film, like it just seems to me that they're doing something a little different here. Yeah. yeah. And it's an avenue that Netflix has really leveraged this idea of having films that are just released on Netflix. Yeah. Like not depending on the theaters or anything like that. You yeah. get your subscription and you get a reason to go to that service. And Disney seems to be, if they're going to compete with Netflix, they're going to have to do things like this. They need they're original to, content. Yeah, they're going yeah. to have to leverage the Lucasfilm. They're going to have to leverage Marvel, Pixar, all that, and be putting these things, these exclusive content, this exclusive content, onto their streaming service to pull people away from Netflix and get into this. Because that's another market that's become overly saturated. When WB picks up and... You know, with Disney doing there's Netflix and Hulu and you know what I mean? There's yeah. all kinds of these things. And if there's not something or a reason to go there, well, Disney's always going to provide a reason. But yeah. this yeah. to me is another great way to leverage that. So that's kind of my idea. And my opinion on this, more stars content, <laughs> I'm always going to support it. Right. Sure. And as long as it's well thought out, as long as it's got a good idea behind it, good you know writer crew, I'm not too familiar with these guys, but... If they can put something good to paper, I think by all means, give me more content. I, we're going to be here talking about it forever. Yeah. And the more, the better. Like if we can do something and start to leverage or move into different avenues, like solo, as we're going to get into here, it looks like it's again, going into a slightly different genre. Yeah. If we can do again, expand that universe and tell different stories, which allows fandom to kind of relax a bit about telling a Star Wars story in a different format. I'm all for that. Yeah. Yeah. You're in, yeah. Sanjay? You're, you think Dave Filoni is going to return in this? Who? <laughs> <laughs> Are you just making up names now? <laughs> I'm just making... 
you could just say like a total random name and i'd be like yeah, yeah. darth graterus and i'd be like oh yeah he's the uh, cheese grater guy <laughs> yeah no i'm in um the one thing is i will caution um it happened with dc is like they just like said like we're doing this 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 and then like these films never happened and then fans were like what the hell like you promised us this I hope they're like far along in development where these actually occur. Um, but if this is just like, okay, we've signed on these guys hold off until you get something where it's concrete. Cause things can change so quickly nowadays. So hopefully they're far along in their development that, you know, we'll find out more information in the coming months as opposed to it just like fading away into obscurity. Like, Gotham City Sirens or yeah. the many other movies that are never going to get made. Only DC does that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that either they came with a pitch or they went to them and said, pitch us something Yeah. type thing. Yeah. Like, what if Star Wars said that to you? They're like, you guys, pitch us your idea for a Star Wars movie. Like, would you quit your job? And that I'd drop be... everything. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> what if it was on your honeymoon? I would drop everything. <laughs> If you're listening to this, Troy's wife. <laughs> Dude, she would drop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's commitment and support. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's fantastic news. I, I'm super happy about something, again, different. That's what I'm looking forward to. You know, we've seen how the MCU's developed and, and really expanded how they make films, what genres they leverage to make films. I want Star Wars to do more of that. So bringing in different directors, bringing in different writers, and having a structure where they're allowed to play a little bit in and not have to be within the confines of the episodic Skywalker story, I think that's really great. And I think they're going to do a lot of good things. Again, I'm hoping these guys are great. The <laughs> Lucasfilm hasn't been fantastic about keeping around writer-directors, so hopefully these guys last long enough to actually put something to paper and then again to film. But... I'm, I'm encouraged by it all. Lucasfilm, again, and Kathy, I trust. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, the reason we have assembled here tonight, outside of all this other news that we've just discussed, is to talk about two huge movie trailers. Now, over this past weekend was Super Bowl. Did you guys check out the game? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What would you think of Justin Timberlake? I like the the second half. I'm a big Prince guy. So yeah, when you right? brought out Prince, you know, from Purple Rain and did I Die For You, I was like, oh, man, like you're killing it right now. Yeah. Purple Rain is like one of the top five musicals of all time. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just good so stuff. good. And That's great. It was in Minnesota. And uh, Eagles won. They dethroned the evil empire known as the Patriots. Oh, I feel for Brady. Yeah, <laughs> I feel so bad for Evans. That's his team. Patriots. <laughs> what about Bradley Cooper, Rocket Raccoon? Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> Well, no. I guess we know on the pecking order where Rocket Raccoon and Captain America are for you. Yeah, you should have gathered that. <laughs> As he's wearing a Captain America t-shirt. My boy. <laughs> no, it, it was a fun game. I like. I don't watch football or anything like that with any sort of <laughs> passion or anything. <laughs> but I, I do like enjoy watching the, the whole spectacle of it all. And really, for me, it's it's the commercials and the trailers, of yes. course. We knew Disney was dropping a few things which relate to Lucasfilm and Han Solo teaser as well as Marvel Studios and a short spot for Black Panther, as well as Infinity War. Now, I've got this thing from Comscore here, and they tally up using kind of YouTube and Facebook and social conversations who won the trailer game when it comes to the Super Bowl. All right, before you tell me, let's guess. You, you already know? I know, yes. Okay, so Troy, who won for you? Oh, Solo. I'll go Infinity War. 
Okay, now I'm just going to quickly run down the films that did have trailers and their okay. spots. So this new film, Red Sparrow from Fox, yeah. had a pregame trailer. Um, in the second quarter, or sorry, the first quarter, you did have Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom air a trailer, a new trailer. Solo aired that short spot before oh, the original it wasn't the full I trailer oh yeah. no you can't take it back you can't make it. this was so whoever wins this though the loser has to wear the chewy suit i was gonna say you know it's okay because i'm not wearing a chewy costume <laughs> no no this was for the chewy suit like this was like a double or nothing bet so. i'd love to support you in that but i just gonna have to say no <laughs> so solo aired during the first quarter as well you had avengers infinity war air in the third quarter and Skyscraper and Mission Impossible Fallout. That's the new one with Tom Cruise and our boy Spider- Spider-Man Superman. <laughs> Mustache Superman. Yes, they both aired in the second and first quarter, respectively. So, the winner of... And this is just... I don't know exactly how they tallied this up, but it was YouTube views, views like I said, uh, Facebook views and social conversations. was Infinity War. So, it, do- awesome. it dominated, over doubled Solo on the social conversations. Wow. Solo did have more YouTube views with 8 million YouTube views, views over that time period to Infinity Wars uh, almost 6 million. Yeah. But you have to remember this was the second Infinity War trailer as well. And on Facebook, it the Infinity War 30-second teaser was viewed over twice as many times with 11.7 million views compared to the just under 6 million views from Solo. See, wow. that's incredible because how long was Solo's trailer? minute and a half oh no it was no uh, the super bowl spot was about 45 seconds yeah see so that's great on disney because you know obviously the longer the runtime of the trailer the more you have to pay right 30 second trailer they paid the least amount of money to be there and they killed it yeah like disney's just wow yeah and like that (laughs) we're gonna get into it right now actually this infinity war super bowl trailer like I said, it's like a 30-some-odd second yeah, spot. Like 31, it doesn't give you a whole lot more. It's really just an expansion on the trailer we've already seen. Yeah. But to me, man, like, I tell you, this this film <laughs> is going to be something absolutely incredible. You know, we've been waiting for this for years. And just seeing, again, the extra little snippets that they provide in this trailer and the music behind it, the brief intro monologue that we get from iron man just some of the the context that he provides it's i don't know what what are you guys kind of first impressions of of this trailer yeah no it's great man the score is back in full effect here um thor looks great everybody looks great um you know it's cool to see the uh was it the goatee bros the mustache bros tony stark (laughs) and iron man or tony stark and dr strange uh doing like this cool kind of team up you know dr strange is swirling his magic and then iron man comes storming through like Man, that's so cool. Like, this this sandbox, this playground that they have to use with these characters is great. But my stand-up moment is Spider-Man on the rocket ship going up, taking off his mask. He's in his original costume like he should be. That looks so cool. And, and like, let the speculation begin. Like, is he going to get Venom? Is, is the Sibian suit up there? Ooh. Wishful thinking. Probably not. But, shoot, I'll, I'll dream about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all in all, man, I, I love this trailer. But the score for me is cool. Yeah. Cause we haven't heard this score in quite some time, I don't think. We didn't we didn't hear it in Age of Ultron, I don't think. This no, they, it's a slow roll score too, right? Yeah. That they that they do with the Infinity. It's a combination of a lot of what they've been doing recently in with Infinity War. And you know, they've been teasing this film for years, yeah. right? And it's just gotten to a point where the score in itself is now becoming for me a character. Because that's always one of the weaknesses that we point out in the MCU films, is that you can't hum a single MCU score. Yeah. And I can't really do it with here, but as soon as that first piano ticks mm-hmm, on right. the score, you're like, I'm in an Infinity War trailer. Yes. Yeah. 
and I'm in I'm in the culmination film for everything. And it's said explicitly right in this trailer, this is what it's all been building to. Yes. Tony Stark says that to I think it's Bruce Banner at the time. And I think it's just incredible that they're like I love when they do that with trailers is they talk to the audience through the trailer. Yes. And that's very much it. And I have nothing but good things to say. We're going to have this trailer play in the background here. I'm just going to kind of walk in a few points. And one of the best parts about this is if you look at the very first shot of this film, this is Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange standing shoulder to shoulder inside what appears to be the Milano. Oh, man. Now, if you go back to when they did that first day of shooting, Star-Lord. that, that, that yeah. was the starter when they're like, hey, this is happening. Right. This is, I think, from it because it's very reminiscent. The three of them, I believe, Star Lord was on set with them. Yes. And you Tom know, Holland was covered up. Yeah, covered up because he has the Iron Spider suit on here. That's right. So how cool is it? You've got these three characters standing shoulder to shoulder inside what looks like the Milano. Yeah. No, it's great, and the, the CG looks good. Um, this is the best I've seen Tony Stark look without the helmet on in yeah. his costume. Still, it looks really cool. I'm loving it. Do you think it's because that they've now gone down the road of? Not the extremist, the next step of the bleeding edge armor. Yes, the bleeding edge but still acts as an extremist, like yeah. the way it appears on him. Yeah. Which I which I really like, because it's funny when you go back to the Iron Man three um retrospective series that we talked about, I always wished it was acting more extremist as mm-hmm. opposed to like connecting to him. Yeah. And it looks like they're doing it here. Yeah, so no, now with the form fitting suit and yeah. not being this big bulky thing, yeah. do you think that's why it looks better? I think so. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's very close. Now yeah. it's interesting too about the extremist idea. Now, when we see Tom Holland a little later on the trailer, he's up on what appears to be that big ring he sees from the first trailer. Yeah. And he's in the original Spider-Man suit. And he's, yes. you can see what's looking down the trailer. Like, you can see it's really high up in the sky. Oh, yeah. So this thing's kind of booted off into space. Do you think that he's on it as it's going into space and he pulls off his mask? He's not breathing. Because you go back to the original trailer and he's got the Iron Spider suit on when he's on top of that. Do you think it goes to him when either Stark or someone realizes that he's dying? Because he's up on this oh. thing in his original Spider-Man suit. Oh. So how would it go to him? Kind of like, like ext- how Iron Man's did, like in an Iron Man Iron three. Man 3? Ah. Like it just that'd kind be, of flies to him. And that'd kind be of interesting. Go, that'd that'd be, cool. be kind of cool because because Homecoming he refuses the suit. He doesn't yeah. want it. So that would kind of make sense in order to save his life. That you know they activate Iron Man or Iron Spider and it yeah. goes to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then oh, the scene here with the Guardians walking off to Milano. Is that yeah. Thor behind? Uh... Yeah, so Gamora? Th- yeah, it looks like it. Thor is with the Guardians. Here. I recognize that bicep yeah. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like this must be the, the first time that Star-Lord's coming onto Earth since he left in 1988 or whatever. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I guess and so. just that interaction that we're getting here. And oh, I, I don't know, like Tony Stark, like Robert Downey Jr., He's nailed it every time. Every time, man. Every but time. this one, it seems like a special performance. Yeah. You know, it seems maybe like... Maybe a send-off. That's exactly it. It yeah. feels Ooh. like this is maybe the beginning of the end for Tony Stark. Like, if a character is going to die, I know we're going to talk about this for the next coming months. Oh, yeah. But right now, my money is on Stark. Tony Stark. Yeah? No like, way. No I think way. so. I'm going to make another ridiculous bet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so? No, he's the cash cow, man. He's like... Is he, though? Uh, I don't. I oh, wouldn't say yeah. so anymore. Not, not necessarily, man. You got Spider-Man, you got Cap. You don't yeah. need Iron Man anymore. But, but Black he's, Panther, Iron Man War. movies still make more money than all the other ones. They haven't made an Iron Man movie since 2013. Yeah, but each one makes like 300 at least mil. But and it hasn't had a shot. It was the, the... Like we discussed this. It hasn't had a shot other than post-Avengers. Yeah. Like and, any and, film there would have made... 
that amount of money. It's cheaper to make a movie not, with but... uh, the new casting than it is with Robert Downey Jr. because his contract is so expensive. Too. That's true, but Sony learned that the hard way when they kicked out the original cast of Spider-Man and tried the new cast because it was cheaper. It just didn't hit, right? But they have a completely different cast now. Like, that's they don't got to worry about that anymore. <laughs> no. But, but Iron Man is like, he has elevated to be like superman levels in the mcu like he is like i think he's more popular than captain america but and more popular than spider-man even at this no, point no iron man oh yeah like spider-man's like, the number one selling merchandise no toys. sorry uh like the like the mcu just only like tony stark's uh robert Downey jr's iron man or tom holland's spider-man i think if you did a poll i think uh, more people would like see I, iron man has more films yeah but when it's all said and done i'm pretty sure tom holland's gonna outshine Maybe maybe people prefer Tony Stark's portrayal, but at the end of the day, I, I, this might sound biased because I'm a Spider-Man. <laughs> but um, I just don't see it because it all comes back to the merchandise. If, if Spider-Man's merchandise outsells every other merchandise out there, it's only fitting that when you bring him into the MCU, he's going to do the same thing. But he's not really like an Avenger. Like in the comics, is he even part of the Avengers? He is as an adult. But like yeah. as Before a he's a reserve, he, is never, he was never an Avenger when he was a kid. I mean, it makes sense to bring him in to the Avengers films. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's not really an Avenger. So is he going to stay there? Like, Avengers Infinity War, they need him because it's this, like, huge universe. It's literally an entire universe. Yeah. Right yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's probably where I got it. Um, yeah. Um, but then if you think about it, like, in the future, is he going to show up in Avengers or are they going to kind of just go back to their own little corner in the sandbox? He's gonna be in every Avengers. Film. Oh yeah, you and he's so? a kid. This is you got the Harry Potter effect where you can do seven movies of this guy and have him grow slowly. Yeah, and yeah. bank, 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 bank everything. Yeah, he'll yeah. definitely be in Secret Invasion when they when they finally do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They're gonna do Onslaught. Onslaught next. No, Secret Invasion. <laughs> Onslaught. The scene with uh, that comes right after that entire universe tag where you have Captain America, Black Widow, and Vision walking in what looks like, my guess is probably the new avengers facility oh, okay yeah so he's come back either before they go to wakanda to fight or after and he's walking he's got the sleeves rolled up yep. like ugh, and vision looks like he's a bit beat up he's holding a side yes and a few shots here of thor he's up in this thing now i've heard it called a forgery um something to to make a new weapon and one of the things we've seen from the funko pop spoilers here is that of course he's getting the axe oh yeah but it looks like it's got a groot stem to it or a groot uh handle like the oh. the tree, the vines, yeah, right. the vines. It looks kind of cool, actually. So Yarburn is getting a little bit of an upgrade. That's interesting because you have an axe in a kids' film, like you know, a movie for kids. The axe, you can't really swing it freely, right? You have a hammer, you can hit. It's like a blunt. You have an axe, is like Wolverine's claws in X Men. How long did we have to wait before we got to see him actually use those claws, right? It had to be an R-rated film. You won't if he has the axe. You won't see him swing with it. Oh, you'll see him swing because even the Wolverine films, we saw him swing. You just won't see the blue, yeah, blood. yeah. You'll probably like fight aliens or robots or yeah, something, but exactly. he won't like hit like a human or like like Loki with it because you yeah, as you said, you won't see blood. Yeah, definitely. What's well, these hordes, right? The yeah. cannon fodder army that you're gonna get. Yeah. He's gonna be fighting that you see in Wakanda here. Now, what do you think of Cap's shield? Now we talked about this briefly. <laughs> We get a look at it here actually expanding. It looks like it's got the Black Panther, Black Vibranium look to mm -hmm. it, the black and silver. Um, this is clearly after that's the Get This Man a Shield. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Same costumes and all that. What are your thoughts? Do you like it? Do you like the look of it? Me personally, no. I don't I don't like the look of it because I feel like there's so many cool um, shields we've seen in the past in comic books and mm -hmm. whatnot that we could have gone with. Um, it, maybe it's just the color of it too. I kind of wanted something not so patriotic, but just something that 
fits Captain a bit more. I want something a bit bigger. But all in all, I like the mechanics of the shield. I just don't really like the, the look of it. The actual look. Yeah. It doesn't seem very practical. Yeah. Like, what are yeah. you shielding yourself from? That thing's so small. It's like a claw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like it's going to shoot out. I don't know. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see how it functions yeah. in fight. Because he had two of them too, right? When yeah. you saw him running. They're not, oh. They don't look as big. Yeah. when he's running either like it yeah. looks like they shrink and expand right so we kind of saw so we saw nebula there what do you think she factors into this film it's just a quick clip it looks like there's a bit of destruction in behind her um any thoughts on on where she factors I, you in? know i think she could die early i think they might even have her try and go after her father on her own yeah and, oh. that, and then we get to see thanos display her his full power or not even his full power just some power to show how powerful he is and takes out nebula just like that <laughs> that would be cool done. i don't see her coming out of this film to be honest what's the point like what would you need nebula to fit for into the own? guardians universe again to yeah. give a bit of know, that yeah that perspective yeah i don't know she fit i think all right into volume two i left her, I actually um, really liked her and you one. see her in some of the um what's the on his crew called um, oh, the Ravengers she's yeah. got the Ravengers gear on that brown coat yeah my thoughts she maybe she's on Xandar maybe she chases Thanos because I think the start of the film at least part of it is going to be him going and getting the power stone from Xandar yeah. from mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy volume one and this is maybe where the Milano ends up chasing Thanos' ship after they kind of come to the rescue or to the aid of Xandar as is being destroyed by Thanos as he's trying to get the infinity stone right maybe Nebula shows up there yeah and tries to battle Thanos on her own, like and, you're saying, yeah. going going at it one on one. Yeah, because they're saying that the writers, right, the Russo brothers, the directors are saying that this guy is meant to be on a level like a Darth Vader, like like a villain that we haven't seen since Vader. And I mean, if you can display this character killing his own family like that, yeah, then, I mean, relentless, geez, relentlessly. Wow, Ooh, that says yeah. a lot. Yeah, Bucky. He looks great. Looking awesome. What do you think yeah. of his new arm? Looks like a vibranium arm. Yeah, like snake plaskin a little bit, eh? Yeah, I like the new uh, vibranium armor or arm. So obviously in Wakanda, they must have fixed it up yeah. since the events of Civil War. Apparently it comes from uh, uh, Shuri. His oh, sister. Oh, okay. oh okay. yeah, because she's meant to be the next hot, like, high-tech. Yeah, like the next actually, Tony Stark. the smartest person in the world, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, actually, that's mentioned in um, the Infinity War prelude comic. Cool. Yeah, smartest oh. person in the world type thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's where we're getting Bucky's arm here too. That kind of surprised me because in the comics, Wakanda's very like protective with their technology. They're not so willing to like give it away. That's right. You know, they're very secretive. Um, at least in the run I read, uh, I think it's called Red Rain. Uh, written by Jeff Johns, actually. No way. Yeah, he wrote some Avengers. So like wow. it kind of seems strange that like they keep just giving away all this tech. They're just like, you get a shield, you get a shield, you get an arm, <laughs> you get some vibranium. Well, maybe I'll explain it in Black Panther. Oh, maybe. maybe we'll you know. see. This, yeah. That Black Panther film has to heavily tie. Once it gets through the important pieces of developing Wakanda and the villain and the story that they're telling, mm-hmm. the back end of this is going to tie very much so into Infinity War. I, so. I, I hope not. I hope not. I want it to it be... To. I want it to be like... You have like three hours to show Infinity War. Like like Wonder Woman. Like the first uh, Wonder Woman film had like, what, one minute of tying into the rest of the DC universe and the rest was just her story. This is the first Black Panther film we're getting. We have so many films leading up to Infinity War. We have Infinity War itself. A good film can sell itself and, you know, there's some um, bits and pieces that can be filled in in like 10 minutes at the beginning of Infinity War. Let's just leave Black Panther to be its own film, the standalone film. I, I think it'll be standalone, but the thing is, off the heels of Civil War, right, it does end off in Wakanda. So I think there's some answers that we're just going to have to get in this film just because of that setup. But I don't feel like it's going to give us like a, a whole crap load 
lead no. into this film. Right? When I say heavily, I mean it's, it's there's got to be implications in Black Panther. For oh, this okay, film. yeah, yeah. I'm that not makes saying sense, that Cap yeah. and Bucky and all that has to show up here. Exactly. Yeah. But like, you're, I'm talking Ed and Credit Stinger, or at least yeah. a nod towards the end of the film once it's all resolved that hey, Captain America's here. I bet you, I'm guessing that Cap, Cap shows up and Bucky potentially yeah. show up so they don't have to introduce them in Infinity War exactly what you're trying to do is knock down you know some of these little stories that you don't want to tell in Infinity War and you can do it in Black Panther from all the reviews we're, we're hearing Black Panther is a Black Panther yeah, film standalone. Yeah. It, yeah. it tells very much an important Black Panther story mm-hmm. but at the same time you have to lead into this because you look at even this trailer I don't know if this Wakanda thing it, this big battle is at the start or middle of the film which is my guess is that's why they're showing it. It's not giving away really what's going on at the end. So you're going to have this big buildup into this big fight at Wakanda, potentially seeing the fall of Wakanda. Oh. And then the shift, the battle shifting over maybe towards the states where the rest of the Infinity Stones are, Um, whether it's Doctor Strange or someone like that. So it seems like you're going to be jumping around a bit following the Infinity Stones. And my guess is that you also get introduced to the heart of Wakanda, Mm. the last Infinity Stone. The soul stone. Is right. the soul stone we're missing? No, because yeah. that's on. Isn't the soul it's stone in, on um, vision? Yeah, you're yeah. right. What are we missing? I can't remember. <laughs> the time? No, we have the time, right? Uh, you're missing the Vic stone. The Vic stone. <laughs> Cyborg? No. Uh, no. <laughs> why? Why can't I remember this? Um, the mind? No. The I, I mind bet. stone is in um, vision. Vision. It's yeah. the soul stone it that we're missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's the heart of Wakanda. Yeah. That I think because that fits the time of the H that you're missing. The yeah. Yeah. But so that's gonna be the big battle there. Because it looks like you're going to have all of these characters. And even there's a quote from either Anthony Mackie, I think it was Anthony Mackie, saying, you know, this battle, I think it has Spider-Man in all of them too. We just haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. But yeah, Black Panther, it's got to nod a bit to what's going on here. So they don't have to spend as much time setting it up. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Okay, fine. And you've got Hulk too in this Wakanda battle. And he's also in New York with Strange and Tony Stark at what presumably is the start of the film. Oh, yeah, Hobo Hulk is needed yeah. to be uh, homeless. Oh, really? I, I heard. No, he just falls out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are just you... like a normal hobo. <laughs> this scene... I can't tell if you guys are being serious or not. <laughs> You're screwing with me, man. <laughs> this scene here, you've already mentioned it, Troy, where you have Iron Man, the Bleeding Edge armor. He's got these back to the V, no longer a circle on yeah. the arc reactor. Yeah. For some reason, it's back in his chest. <laughs> yeah, Iron Man 3 recon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flying right through Doctor Strange's spell. Ah, man, looks so, cool. so good. Ooh. See, and then, then we got to look at the two shields on Cap. I, I, you know, I'm not a fan of Black Panther without the lens on the eyes. It just, it looks unfinished to me. I, I just, I've seen it in some post art too. It just yeah. looks weird. And you yeah. get it on the figures too. I think the Eric Killmonger figure has the eyes. Yeah. Coming through. And it just, it just doesn't look that it, great. To is me. that War Machine? Yeah, War so Machine. So he's back, eh? So oh, yeah, the, well, he's been back since uh, Civil War. But you know, he busts his. his you remember, uh, he like fell and like he broke oh, his spine yeah, or yeah, his right, legs. Yeah. Then you got Falcon in the background there, Black Widow. Yeah, it's man. This this Wakanda battle is going to be something oh, else. Yeah. My prediction is in the middle of the film. Yeah, so good. And then we get my dude, Thanos. That's a money Claw shot marks. right there too. Yeah, I don't. That's interesting. He's got him on both sides though. Oh, so, does he? Oh, I'm thinking s- Black Panther, maybe. I'm thinking so, too. Can you see on both sides? I don't know if that's just his face. Or Wolverine. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Wolverine's in It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> small claws. Can you imagine if that was like the how it happened? You'd be like, oh my god. Here's Wolverine. So, guys, there it is. That's the Infinity War teaser. 31 seconds long. Final thoughts. It's great. Like I mentioned before, did exactly what I needed to do, uh, money-wise, especially, too, when you're showcasing something like this at the Super Bowl. 
the money that Marvel spent on this is the least of any other trailer played, and they got the best reaction. Yep. What more could you ask for? So, and yeah. realistically, like I said at the top, yeah. it's no different than the trailer we already got. Yeah. It's slightly extended scenes right. from scenes we've already seen. So it doesn't give anything else away. Mm-hmm. It's got that score that really draws you into this. Yes. It gives you an epic feel. Like we only saw one little snippet of Thanos, yeah. like the yeah. main villain here, who was heavily featured in the first part of the trailer, including his overlying monologue. So it's fantastic what they've done here. I agree with you. They yeah. win it already. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the solo trailer. Yeah. Which didn't actually air over Super Bowl. But Poor Solo. <laughs> let's walk into that now. So, Sanjay, you're, you're pulling for this big time because... I know, I took it first overall. Yeah, you've got it in the box office, the Nerd Room box office playoff pool. Yeah. Box office pool, <laughs> whatever you want to call what it. What is it? I think I got Black Panther and I think Rotten Tomatoes is seen at 100%. Right oh, now. but it's not, a rot- kinda good right it's, now. Ro- it's not a Rotten Tomatoes like aggregate score here. <laughs> did, you see, did you see that there's like some group? That is yeah. out there to try 5, to... 5,000 views or yeah. Uh, participants. Yeah, to try to knock down the Rotten Tomatoes score oh, for Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's the same like alt-right group that is trying to knock down Star Wars. Yeah, Last Jedi stuff. Last Jedi yeah. stuff. A bunch of them. Yeah. So the thing that pisses me off... I mean, there's several things that pissed me off about this. I mean, where do I start? But some websites were claiming they were DC fans, and that is not true. No. They're just using that as like... I don't even know. They're just anti anything to do with diversity yeah women it's it's ridiculous i mean there would be no there's no dc fans involved maybe they are but they're not true dc fans but i just hated how like websites were calling them like dc fans petitioning against black panther and i was like no man this is like some crazy ass wackos that like live in like the bush woods with like three teeth and they still fly the confederate flag like yeah this is there's no room as far as i'm concerned there's no room in fandom for people that do not support diversity do not support female-led superhero films or directors or writers or anything like that crazy you're right sanjay to call that out this is these aren't dc fans right you know, I got a DC fan, two of them sitting next to me here. Yeah. And yeah. Very much not that. So we both got our tickets for opening nights. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah. Get it here with your alt right opinions. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. And it's too bad that it's like coming into this fandom. But the true fandom really shines through when you see there is that Black Panther challenge trying to give money so that underprivileged kids in Harlem and across the States and even across Canada can go see Black Panther for free. Yeah, that was awesome. And that was actually started by two fans who were DC fans, so that's great. I, I yeah. think even Olivia Spencer bought out a movie theater somewhere in the States. And she just bought it straight up. Just awesome. out for, uh, for the night of Black Panther. So. Yeah. Oh, that's great. awesome. Yeah. I'm going to do that for Suicide Squad. They want to do Braun Solo. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it here, guys. First thing I want to talk about is you guys saw the posters, right? The character posters that yeah. we got here? No. <laughs> so you can see them right here on my screen. What do we have here? So we've got four new character posters. And we've got Solo Chewy. Lando and Kira. Yeah. Sounds now, like chocolate bars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the Chewy. I'll take the Solo. <laughs> hey, you're not wrong. <laughs> now, these really diverge from our typical Star Wars posters. We don't have kind of the, you know, head swapping in. You know, in the past, we've seen just the face with like the lightsaber. So these give you a feel and a vibe that I think the trailer does. These look like Western wanted posters. Yeah. And they kind of got a different feel to them, a different vibe, which this movie really feels like it's going in a different direction. It's, yeah. again, another step removed. We looked at Rogue One, the first time we're not featuring a 
or Skywalker Saga story. Now you're talking about this, a character we're familiar with, but it seems to be leveraging a bit more of this idea of stepping into slightly different genre. I'm getting a real Western vibe from a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And Mark, I listened to his uh, TSW Daily, and he pulled the words right out of my mouth. It feels like Serenity, Firefly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Wow. Very much. Josh, Josh Whedon. Yeah, Josh yeah. Whedon, yeah. So it's like this space Western type thing, like almost your train robbery heist type of film. Like yeah. I'm getting a lot of that from this. Yeah. So what do you guys think of these posters? The posters are dope. Yeah. I love them, but I, I I gotta say, man, my eyes just go to Lando. Lando, Lando, yeah. like this movie, they might just have to change the name card <laughs> to Lando, a Star Wars story, because Donald Glover's just killing it right now, man. And he's not even giving us a line, really. It's Nothing. Just, just the look of this character, the sweat. We'll get into it, but geez, but the, I want that poster. The teaser was him just in that fur coat. Laughing. The fur like, coat was just yeah. wicked. Uh, like what? Uh, in this poster, it is so. Like the way they're depicting Lando here, he's got a yellow shirt, the yeah. big pop collar cape, a scarf, this big belt. Yeah, it looks and it pulls it off. Awesome, like it, like it works. You know, there, there's some characters and there's some outfits that you use from um, the era of the original trilogy, right? That you just can't quite transcend back into the film right now. Right. But you throw it on Donald Glover and he just he just does it. He has like that Bruno Mars effect where you can put that guy in anything and he just. Makes it work. Yeah. And man, I'm excited for this film now. You heard it first here. I'm excited for this film. Nice, you know, nice. I haven't really been on the train for Han Solo, but um, I'll say the trailer worked for me right now. Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are we going to give our like thoughts? Or are we going to like go through it? We're gonna, we'll step through it okay, here. Okay, okay. Like, I guess how this was released. So we got the tease a couple days before that something was coming, like a 45-second spot, I think, during the Super Bowl, the tease. A full trailer, minute and a half or so, minute and 44 seconds, actually on the good morning america on yeah. monday morning so that dropped the teaser was awesome i really liked it pulled me in give you an idea what was going on and then we got the full trailer which is just really an expansion on that teaser. There's a few extra scenes in the teaser i believe yeah um, but the first thing they really tease in both the teaser and in this teaser trailer is the idea of han solo's backstory yeah. now they're really kind of weighing in towards the original legends backstory where he was in the empire yeah, as the an academy. Imper- yeah, in the academy yeah. and he gets basically tossed out now he says here it's because he had his own mind and all that. Mm-hmm. i think it's cool that they're going back and, and revisiting parts of legend that were really well received like yeah. we've got a lot of that in rebels we're starting to see them pull stuff back into han and telling that backstory yeah no it makes a lot of sense yeah you, you mentioned it in rebels you know they brought back thrawn from legends and um we've seen some other things like like um uh, Malachor, you know, as well. Yeah, Malachor, is Malachor. Yeah, we've seen Malachor come back in Rebels 2 and they're doing it again here with uh, the whole academy that he's been booted out of. Right? Yeah. Or expelled, who knows? Yeah. Is so. this booted out of Starfleet? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I gotta say, I, I get a little feel, a little vibe of J.J. Abrams' Star Trek with Captain Kirk. Absolutely, with, I was gonna uh, Chris, say that. Chris Pine. But I was afraid you guys were gonna kick me out of the podcast no. if I said that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, ah, tiptoeing around it. No, no, definitely not. You know, and I'll, and I'll get back to that when we're we're done here, because we're, we're gonna obviously dissect Solo. I'm sure later on, Alden Air right here, right? Yeah. Well, we yeah. we got him kind of paused up here on yeah. the screen. He's in this first scene where we, we've seen some of this teased by Ron Howard about the almost American graffiti-esque feel yeah. to the maybe the start of the film where he's clearly being chased by one of these range troopers. He's got Kira in the car. They look to probably be, maybe, I guess, is that this is probably close to the start when they're a bit younger yeah. and they have some sort of youthful connection. He's kind of, you know, drag racing through the streets or what have you. 
and he says, right, there's a quote in there that he's been, you know, pulling jobs or whatever since he was 10 years yeah. old. So it looks like we're going to get a kind of a rush introduction to Han Solo here. Now, what are your thoughts? You know, we see him a couple times. They really made it an effort to hide his face in the teaser trailer, like yeah. the one that aired during the Super Bowl. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the look of Aldrich Einreich? You know, in this first clip we're seeing, and then as we go through it, we'll discuss a little bit more about his voice and how he delivers <laughs> the Han Solo lines. Yeah, you know, the the, the, the look is, is, is working for me. I'm not a hundred percent sold on the look, but it's 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 working for me. It's it's a tough job, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you got to see him as solo and not Harrison Ford. But damn, is that ever tough to do? But um, we'll we'll get into his voice, I guess, a little bit later, eh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> this first chase sequence looks really cool, though. And it's awesome. like, what do you thought? Like, there's no color whatsoever in this. Yeah. This looks like Rogue One, with the exception of Scarif. Well, that's what I love is the color palette. Like, it looks Rogue One. It looks Blade Runner twenty forty nine ish with a fifth element kind of feel like this world is really cool what they're doing right now something we haven't seen really before in a star wars film but at the same time still familiar that's the hardest part and that's yeah. the coolest part about this trailer is they're showing us all this new stuff they're tweaking the color palette a bit we're getting new styles of speeders and and even troopers in that yeah but it still feels like it's part of a star wars universe just again that one step removed Yes. So they're kind of taking these slow steps away from the stories that were and the look we're familiar with, but still makes you feel like you're in that universe. Yeah. That's a very difficult thing to do with set design. And that's, I think, a testament to even the continuity of what they originally were doing under Lord and Miller. Right. Like th- there seems to be a big component of focusing in on the how the set design is directed to make it look and feel like you think a Star Wars universe looks and feels like. Definitely. So this takes place like when um, Darth Vader and them have already taken over the universe, or is there like yeah, Vader the, the Imperials would have already been okay. Well, in effect, at least I'd say. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. We're probably you know ten years or so maybe after Revenge of the Sith, give or take. Yeah, we ten have twelve to. years after. You have to because when you go to Rebels season one, we see Lando, and that Lando is definitely closer to Billy D. Williams yeah. than he is Donald Glover, and. Rebels is what, three years? Yeah, three, four years. Yeah. yeah. So we're probably definitely at least, yeah, like you mentioned, 10 years yeah. after yeah. episode three. Yeah. Now we get a lot of shots of, of the Kessel Run Falcon as it's referred to in the Lego set. Yeah. Man, that ship has gotten beat up <laughs> in five to seven years or whatever it's been. And we get a shot of the interior of this thing. It looks brand spanking new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did he do to the inside of it? Well, it's fresh. That's what I want to ask you guys about because. I'm not the biggest ship expert when it comes to Star Wars stuff, but I do know, like, is the Millennium Falcon, like, style common? Because we definitely see, at least the model in Episode 3, when Anakin's landing yeah. that the ship. the YT Freighter on. series. Right. So, so is that was everybody thought that was the Falcon. Yeah. I, well, it, as a Star Wars ship <laughs> yeah, expert as myself, I would say that the Falcon is modeled off of other ships, but while the design is common... The Falcon itself is special. Unique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought like it would be kind of cool, and, I, and this is this is really stretching because I love Anakin and Vader and all that stuff. But when Anakin lands that, when he pilots that ship on Coruscant, like that's incredible that he could even do that. And if that somehow inspired Han Solo or somebody like saw oh. that, was like, whoa! Like Anakin is like the best pilot. He even uses like a, like an Anakin kind of life. Well, that too. But even like I want to be the best pilot. Like, yeah. He has like that Anakin, you know. 
dreaming to be the best. Um, so if Han Solo happened to be on the Falcon during that time, wishful thinking. But I was just wondering, like, if it's official, was that the Falcon or not the Falcon? I, I don't think it's yeah. meant to be the actual Falcon. More of maybe a nod. That a would nod. be my guess. Right. But I think, like, that, that YT freighter type is probably fairly common. Yeah. Um, I think what makes the Falcon unique is what Solo does to it, like, modifies it. it. And maybe that's why... I, I just don't know how it goes from this crisp, brand-new Lando-looking ship... Right, Lando's a bit higher it's, class, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. To what Han Solo has in the New <laughs> Hope, up. yeah. <laughs> like it looks like it's spent like three years underwater. <laughs> yeah, we get a nice shot of him on the outside of it, looking at it. See, this is very Gareth Edwards like, though, right? Like the scale of what they're yeah, doing here yeah. is just—it's Rogue One looking. Yeah, him looking up at the ship, at the oh, Falcon, at the man. cockpit. There, I, I love that, and you got Solo kind of walking around. It's. You know, a lot of it, the Falcon plays such a huge character role in the saga films, even up into The Force Awakens, yep. right? And it looks like it's going to play a similar character here, just a fresher, newer piece of it. Because you see him pining over that, it seems at least, pining over the Falcon. Yeah. And being that he wins it, you see Lando piloting at one point here, and then Han piloting it a yeah. little later with Chewie. And you do see the dice too, I believe, in this trailer. I, yeah, yeah, I think so. There's a little kind of nod to that as well. So no, sorry, it's not. It's they're on the his speeder bike, oh, or the okay, speeder so car the that he's okay. no, no. So it's not on the car yet. So it's a nice continuity piece through it all. And see, this is a pretty cool shot too. Here, like we we scope out a bit, we see Han, you know, talking to Woody Harrelson. And again, yeah. that's this is what it feels Western like. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get like that desert kind of breeze going on there. And um, man, I, I like a lot of the shots in this trailer. Yeah, I like here with, with Beckett. He says to, to Han at one point, hey, kid. Yeah. And which really pushes on the fact, just that one line, that he's he's known him for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, being a, a, whether it's a lifelong mentor or someone that he's known in the past. Because you don't refer to, you know, a middle-aged, not middle-aged, but someone in their mid to whatever, 20s. Yeah. You don't refer to him as, hey, kid. Yeah. Oh, you so, know, shit. <laughs> calls me kid all the time. Yeah. yeah. Come on, kiddo. Let's <laughs> go kid. record today. <laughs> but I think, I think it's a reference to that he's known him for quite some time. Definitely. Some, and he seems to be pulling together a crew here, which comes to this heist movie thing. Um, it may be this first part of it is actually, when you look at some of the landscapes that we do see in here, it may be that there is a bit of a train heist, which is what reminded me a bit of one of the first episodes of um, Firefly. Oh, man. Lando, Lando, the smile. Yeah. The Check smile. Oh, it's perfect. Ah, like you can't ask for more to Donald Glover no, already. He doesn't have to say great. a single word. Was that Maz Katana? That, okay, it's funny you say that. Like, it's not. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of, it's a four-armed sort of monkey-looking monkey thing. Yeah. I, I, my guess is it's probably just some character that's briefly shown. Yeah. It's made to make you think that it's still going to be a bigger character. Yeah. I mean, we saw something similar like that in the Rogue One 2 yeah, exactly. Yeah. There'll be a figure, but he'll have like three seconds of screen time. Exactly. <laughs> so we, we get a good look at Chewie, so take notes. Yeah. Costume uh, yeah. down. You got to cosplay pretty Just soon. won't shave my back and then... <laughs> what you got to concentrate on too, are you going as a New Hope Chewie, a Revenge of the Sith Chewie, or a Solo Chewie? Because Solo Chewie here has got double cross bandoliers, doesn't have the bowcaster. He looks pretty close to our oh, you just wait. Chewy. It'll be like a homemade chewy. Like I'm going to <laughs> Michael's. Special chewy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Michael's and I'm gonna buy some like carpet samples. 
I'm just gonna staple them around me. Just staple them on. <laughs> now, there's a scene in here with Lando and this droid. Yeah, uh, Alpha Mo- from Power Rangers. Kind of, it's got a look on the head there. Kind of has a bit of the H. I think it's HK or Cage. I think it's HK droid from uh, the Old Republic. Okay. Kind of looks a little bit like that droid. Is an evil droid? So it'd be kind of cool if there's a callback to that. Nice. Yeah. Well, this droid, its call sign is L three, three seven. Oh. So it's a motion capture pay, played by, um, it's an actress, actually, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I believe, is playing her. Uh, so it may have a little bit more of a feminine spin on it, which would be really nice. cool. Something we haven't gotten before. Yeah. And I love this little kind of salute that they do to each other before Lando pilots off here in the Falcon. Looks right at home. Yeah, exactly. So it looks like they're going to be calling her, uh, this is from, uh, I can't remember where I got this from, but uh, it's going to be called Leet, actually, is going to be the nickname that they're going to use. Cool. Yeah, kind of yeah, outdated gamer talk for Elite, it looks like. This is just from the quote I've got here. Cool. Um, we saw um, another character. I can't remember the actress's name. Newton. Amelia Clark. Uh, well, Amelia Clark's playing... Uh, Kira. Kira. Right. Oh, the uh, girl from Terminator Genesis, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's where yeah, everyone knows her from. <laughs> uh, no, it's the actress playing that we thought maybe playing Santa Solo. That's right, yeah. Yes, apparently she's playing a character named Val. Val, Maybe okay. more of an original character. Cool. Oh, I love that. Yeah. This year, him going out light oh, speed. hyperspace, eh? Oh, man. This summer. What do you guys think? I know this is picky, but the title cards there, you know, like the, the text that they're using, it's kind of glimmery gold. Does it work for you? This is really nitpicky. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. I prefer Periwinkle over that gold, so. I like them. Yeah. They, 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 again, they feel Star Wars. That's yeah. great. Uh, we're getting a kind of a lot of a lot of this film too is about framing the universe. We're getting look. There's some um, some Twi'leks in there that we saw. Yes. Oh, bring uh, back the Twi'leks, right? Yeah. Oh, so Duh. great. Some yeah. bar scenes. Yeah. <laughs> bring back the Twi'leks. I want to go back to Ryloth, man. I want to see them. This is awesome. <laughs> now we got Solo here at a standoff. Yeah. The character that we saw in, I believe, the Lego sets. I can't remember the name. The mask character. Looks like kind of a little Revan-esque. It's not yeah. anyone that has anything to do with the Force, I don't believe. Bounty Hunters, eh? No, but no. it's definitely got... Well, maybe Bounty Hunters. Okay. Or the other thing I was thinking about what this could be, uh, talking about like a MacGuffin in this film, what mm-hmm. could everyone be chasing? One of my kind of theories here that I've been running around in my head is that there's at least some sort of heist that they do at the start, whether it's a train heist or something like that, with this, this crew they've pulled together, Kira... Solo, Beckett, Chewie, maybe Lando. Well, of course, Lando. And maybe they do something to start, and then there's something bigger that they're chasing that the Empire's got their hands on. My guess would be either there's a bounty or something like that out on a particular, we're going to call it a MacGuffin, that there's numerous different crews going after. So there's Beckett's crew, whatever maybe this crew is that they're facing off with here. And it's going to be kind of this like stagecoach robbery type. We got to get to this MacGuffin, but there's all sorts of different groups that are pining for this thing and kind of chasing it. So it's less about a particular villain and more about a competition to get something. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know. That's cool. just that's just kind of what the a bit of the vibe I'm getting from all of it. We see this this cool this cool figure here, you know, with uh shooting up the place. Yeah, the hood on. And then the hood on and kind of a hat. I, I, was, I thought for a second that could be Cat Bane, which would have just been awesome. Oh. Really, really cool. Because it's such a quick brief shot, but you go back to Rogue One, we saw this kind of emperor-looking guy, and he was pretty much a nobody. Yeah. <laughs> I think my guess, when I when I just saw that, the hooded character yeah. here, I, I bet you it's his Val character would be my guess. Oh, okay, cool. That's kind of what I'm seeing there a little bit. Right. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. You see the hat there, though? Yeah. A little bit of the fedora? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. 
So this this is where we get to some of the Han Solo voice stuff. We yeah. didn't really get much in the original Super Bowl spot, but we really get a lot of him talking at the end here. Yeah. What do you think of his delivery of the line here when he's talking to Kira about her saying, I know who you really are? And yeah. he kind of says, you know, well, what's that? Yeah, smuggler. Yeah. A scoundrel. Yeah. Maybe she'll yeah. say. What, what are your thoughts on his delivery here? You know, when I first saw his trailer, it was on my phone, and I uh, I wasn't buying it. I was like, oh, shoot, Like that's that's the delivery, that's the swag that he's carrying. But when I got home right away, I put it on the big screen and I watched it. And this part actually works for me. I actually really like his delivery here. I like the smile that he gives. He, he gives a little bit of a nod. I really like this part. And then he gets serious. It's, it's almost, to me, I get a lot more nerve off of that. Yeah. Like, don't please don't tell everyone who I really am. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah, but, he, but he's playful at first, but then he's after like, wait, no, really, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That is, and you know, if the trailer ended there for me, I would have been cool with his delivery. Yeah. Yeah. Then it goes a bit further. Yeah. So we got this scene where he's being chased by what looks like a Star Destroyer. Looks awesome. Whether they're in a cloud or some sort of nebula. He's got this weird tie bomber that I'm not super familiar with. Looks like a kind of double-sided tie bomber. Um, And he's in the pilot. He's in the the Falcon here. He's piloting. Chewbacca's in the co-pilot seat. Lando's in behind along with Kira. And he's got, there's a callback here. (laughs) to i think a new hope in the 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 tentacles no not well there's the tentacles of this (laughs) but he does this cool move at spinning and knocking the tie fighter but the the reference i'm talking about is when they're in the cell block and he kind of talking everything's fine just fine you know what i mean yeah yeah that's what this feels like to me oh yeah that's right he does do that because he delivers this line oh yeah he does and then he gets them this big tentacle monster out in space or whatever. Yeah. And we see kind of this shiny new falcon without the the prongs on the front. And he's doing his thing. But is that where you had the issue with the delivery? Yeah, when he does the... everything, Everything's fine. Yeah, that one didn't work for me. That one I was like, hey, that... And again, it's not fair to compare it to Harrison Ford. But that one just felt pretty off. But um, the piloting scene is incredible. I love that move that he does when he knocks... Yeah knocks the ship you gotta have tentacles there's been a lot of tentacles in these movies <laughs> I don't, don't really understand that but um yeah so i'll say you know the first bit of his dialogue worked for me the very end dialogue didn't but you know it's a trailer right so yeah i've really warmed up to that end part of the dialogue yeah I mean, i'm getting a lot of this this vibe of you know we want to see him be that cocky confident han solo we see in a new hope but i'm getting a little bit more of he's still a bit unsure of himself who he is what he is and his capabilities i'm seeing that in the delivery now if i might be seeing or looking way too far into it and hoping for a certain portrayal and not just a weakness of an actor yeah but that's kind of what i'm getting because i like that nod to the cell block that's cool yeah and the other up. thing i like about this too is He's running away from the big Imperial cruiser, right? Yeah. He makes reference to that in New Hope too. Like I've outrun Imperial cruisers, not oh, just yeah. the small ones, but you know the big Corellian cruisers. Yeah. So I, I like I like this whole trailer. Yeah, yeah. The trailer as a whole works for me very well. I'm sold by Lando. Obviously, I've been going on about throughout this whole podcast, but I'm still kind of on the fence with um, with Aaron Wright. The thing I was gonna say, and we brought up earlier, is um, the Captain Kirk, right. played by Chris Pine. That works for me because for two things, it's meant to be a younger Captain Kirk, which we've, we've never seen before, obviously, at that point. Right. But two, it's like the same Captain Kirk, but if things went differently. Yeah, so like, it gives the character a way to kind of expand and change and divert from the Captain Kirk that we know, 
but still has the spirit, which mm-hmm. works for me, right? But here, because we've cast this character still pretty close in the age of Harrison Ford, yeah. at least they look pretty close to our New Hope's age, it's going to be pretty hard to always separate that. Whereas if they cast him, say, like a 22-year-old, a yeah. then I would have been like, uh, okay, okay. I, can, I can feel like he's just not that Han Solo yet. But right now, when I'm watching it, it looks like we're like four years away from him being that Harrison Ford, if that you know so yeah but you know i discussed through the whole movie it's it's definitely won me over it did its job because i was i was there saying you know we don't need this film i'm not interested in a han solo film this trailer came out and i'm just like wow i'm i'm in it i'm digging it like this is this is so cool but you know what i was fooled with last jedi like i'm one of the guys that didn't like last jedi right i love that trailer you know so hey hopefully it works out (laughs) (laughs) i mean they don't tell a lot about the story in this like i still don't know like what exactly we're speculating what what is this even going to be just got a lot of cool shots um some cool dialogue uh shots of the falcon so um i'm i'm excited i do agree with you like i definitely feel i getting that captain kirk vibe totally like especially because he's like he got kicked out of starfleet And then he was like the rebel. Yes. You know, and I don't know like how maybe they are similar characters because I don't know a lot about each character. But, you know, the more you just dissect them, they kind of are very similar characters. So it's very interesting um, that no one's really made that connection until just now because we're the smartest people in <laughs> Star Wars and Star Trek. So, uh yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. Make sure if you're listening to this, you see it several times. You know, you really got to get this box office up. If this movie doesn't do well, the Star Wars franchise as a whole could fail. And, you know, we really want to get more Star Wars films. So, and, I, I you don't know. think Lucasfilm really cares. <laughs> They're breaking a, just a whole pile of films. Yeah, Disney as a whole. <laughs> and you know what? You know, really help out Team Sanjay in the box office form, you know. Black Panther, you know, Jurassic World. You guys can see that on home video, on Netflix. Don't even bother. But Solo and, you know, check this out several, several times. Don't go solo. Go with a friend on this. This should be called, like, Solo Never Bring a Friend to the Movie. It's the most confident you've ever been. Are we going to get a crawl for this one? No, I don't think so. No, I'd say no, because Rogue One had no. Uh, Yeah, I know they didn't, which I feel like they should have, but... This one, I think they're going to drop you similar to the way that they do in A New Hope. They're going to drop you right in the middle of the story. Yeah. And I think they're going to drop you right into that car race. Right. That that we see at the start of this trailer. Yeah. Do you think he'll... Sorry. It's just going to be Han Solo doing a Han Solo Solo. thing. Yeah. And you're just going to get maybe a bit of exposition between him and Kira and what he's been doing. Like We see some of that in, in this trailer already that he kind of explains his whole background yeah. that you know like i don't know if they're gonna go back to the orphan thing or what have you but they're, they're gonna quickly kind of rattle through i think some of this some of his backstory just by showing and then exposition and just kind of get you up to speed we know this character we've known him for 40 years yeah. more or less we kind of get how or even the boundaries that have been put up around him like we kind of know or what to expect we just got to kind of maybe take away some of that cockiness and confidence and kind of watch him build into that yeah do you think we'll see him as a kid, like a six-year-old, just like running around and be like, you, you know, he's stealing something, he said, as a 10-year-old or doing jobs since he was 10. Do you think we'll see that? I don't, I don't think, because he says it, I don't think we need to see it. I don't have a real desire to, for them to spend, you know, five, eight minutes with a kid running around. Yeah. I think just jump into him and just say he's 22 and then it blasts like three, four years into the future. I hope we see uh, or at least hear a reference of, uh, of Thane because Thane would be doing stuff around this time yeah, thing Kyrell. yeah 
love to see that. Here's the thing. Okay, this just occurred to me. Maybe I'm overthinking this, but this takes place in space. How could yep. he be <laughs> 10 years old? Because years is an Earth construct. It's the amount of time the Earth rotates around the sun. So, like, is he in, like, a different star system where, you know, the planet rotating around their star is about 365 days? Because, you know, 10 years in outer space could be, like, 100 years on Earth. You're overthinking this. There's literally a tentacle monster out of space that has no air to breathe. Ask Brian Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> My guess was, I think they refer to it as, like, a standard cycle. So, there's, like, a standardized whether it's around Coruscant or whatever. So there'd be like a year on Coruscant is a year in your life, no matter where you are, what planet you're on. There's all the, go to Yo, Christopher I, Nolan's, uh, what do you call it? Interstellar. 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 That is, that will complex and mind bend you into the <laughs> concepts of traveling at light speed and black holes and all this and <laughs> what that does to space and time and all that. It's not what Star Wars Universe is about. No. It's about going at light speed and just pretending that, None of that matters. It's about kicking ass and chewing bubble gum. And they're all <laughs> out of gum. gum. <laughs> <laughs> well, to wrap this discussion up, I'm extremely excited for this film. Now, I'm super, super happy with what they're able to put to screen here. Like we always say, if you can't put a good two-minute trailer together or a minute-40-second trailer together, then there's something wrong with your film. At yeah. this point in time, there does not appear to be anything wrong with this film. Like we've mentioned, the color palette looks great. The theme, they've even worked in a bit of this main Star Wars theme. They've oh, kind of yeah. tweaked it a little bit. Yeah. And at first, I was kind of like, ah, I don't really like this. After subsequent watches, I'm like, I'm digging it. I'm yeah. digging it I now. really liked it. Actually, that's something that stood out to me yeah. most. Yeah. The, the so, and, and, oh, yeah. He, yeah. he looks good. I, I think everyone's looking good. But Lando, Donald Glover, is going to be the standout. This, he's going to steal the show on yeah, this. I'm thinking That's, so. Yeah, yeah, people are already talking about that, that he's clearly the standout. And yeah, Glover, that smile, like, that's all I needed. Yeah. That's all I wanted was him smiling. Yeah. We got it. I, I'm rooting for Amelia Clark here, too, because I really do want her movie career to kick off. You know, Genesis didn't really work out no. for that well. And um, hopefully this, uh, you know, sets that career up. Yeah. Genesis was a screen. fine movie, okay? It was a fine, <laughs> fine movie. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll get into that. <laughs> but for today, we're going to put a pin in all this, and we're going to be discussing Infinity War and Solo in quite a bit of detail in the coming months. We were ramping up towards the end of the MCU retrospective, capping it off with Marvel's Avengers Infinity War. We're having our first six-month-out Star Wars film ever. Probably the last time we we're going to get two Star Wars films this close together in our next standalone film in Solo. So lots to talk about. I'm happy we're getting what looks to be good products, and I'm very, very excited for nerddom going forward here in the next few months. We're going to be back every single week discussing each and every bit of news that drops from this. And as always, if you want to be part of the show like Grabs has been doing for the last couple of weeks, you can hit us up at thenerdrm at gmail.com. You can comment on our YouTube or Facebook pages, and you can always, always, always hit us up on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. And you can also grab us on the nerdroom.net. Just hit contacts, and it sends an email to us. Do you think that Grabs Granite has his own granite business, and every time we say his name, we're just giving him free promotion? That's pretty much what it, what his name so. means, right? I really hope so. Like, if it's true, let me know, because I need some new granite. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, give yourself a pop here. <laughs> Anyways, a few things to keep an eye on. One is the Star Wars Commonwealth. Everyone's producing awesome content up until this point. We've all been heavily anticipating this trailer, and we're going to see this over the next week or so, all the commentary surrounding that. So make sure you tune into everyone at the Star Wars Commonwealth to hear their thoughts on this new solo trailer, as well as keep an eye on this Commonwealth page. We've been working on a few things in the background, 
And there's big things going to be announced here within the next few weeks. So keep an eye on that space as well. The Wookiee swimsuit calendar. Yeah. Featuring Sanjay. <laughs> the May edition. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We have gone long already. May edition. I like that. <laughs> so until next week for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Chewy. You're going to be Chewy on <laughs> Memorial Day. <laughs> and thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sunjabby. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim's Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.